can at the perfect time. Pop two quarters in Pop Tart and let's get it on. I'm your Huckleberry. You got the touch! It's all in the world only makes sense if you force it to. I know Kung Fu. Show me. And here we go. Come on, you fuckers think that just because a guy reads comics he can't start some shit? Wait a minute. Wait a minute, Doc. Are you telling me that you built a time machine out of a DeLorean? Warp one, end game. Ah, oh, man, that's some heavy shit, man. But you ape like me came here to save you. Oh yeah? And who's gonna come to save you, Junior? Yeah. You shoot me in a dream, you better wake up and apologize. Been chopping trees, I've done something new for this fight. It's suicide! You can't win! I drink. I know things. I am the one who knocks. Are you not entertained? Welcome back, everybody. Raiders of the Arcade, episode 114. I think, I think it's 14. 14. Yeah, because, wait, was therapy... It's 14. If I, this is 113, actually. No, four guys and a gong was 112. 113 was the... Uh, it was life therapy, too. Yeah, it was the life and therapy, then, too. Okay. So this is 114. Yeah, you know, we these past couple episodes, we got a little derailed, yeah. a little side... We've been having fun. But, you know... Yeah, we've been having fun, you know, and maybe uh, uh, some drinks with that fun. Possibly. But uh, I felt like those last couple episodes, we've opened up a little bit more personally, be, yeah. personably about uh, things in our lives, which, you know, it sometimes can make for some good conversation or like the last couple casts, maybe some embarrassing moments or, or things that we don't no, don't normally talk about. Yeah, I was definitely surprised with because I wasn't... Um... If you guys listen to the last two episodes, those were filmed on the same night, and I literally like left the room to went out to go outside, and when I came back in, their conversation was was over. You know, we went about our game night or whatever it was, but at the time, two days two days after that, I was having an appointment where I might have needed a vasectomy. Like at the time, you know, I mean, obviously, I don't mind getting personal about it, but I had a a an injury earlier this year and when they did they found some you know some cysts and stuff and you got to get that stuff checked and you know go to the doctor and whatnot but like i appreciated you guys having like a story like that on there where you guys you know that i wasn't around for it and then it was cool to listen to it after the fact of just like okay yeah we've all been scared out of our minds about stuff like that before you know yeah definitely and it related to other scary things and stuff yeah. like that so you know hopefully people you listen to it and, and you feel a little uh, bit closer to us where we're coming from yeah yeah you exactly, see us cause... in public you know give us a hug <laughs> it's fine yeah, definitely <laughs> we're lovable people kind of some days <laughs> just just please sanitize thoroughly yes we're done yeah with this. thanks mike <laughs> we've learned live lessons done with this. So um, we're getting ready to hop into an episode. Uh, we're going to talk about some things that, you know, we don't normally tonight. Unfortunately, Mike can't be with us. He and his photography are currently in action at his first Vietnam portrait tribute gallery. Some really amazing stuff that he put together. I'm sure he'll be talking about it soon with us. Uh, he'll be on the next episode, of course, coming up soon. It just makes us so proud. He's going to come back all Hollywood watch, I'm telling you. So fear not, we brought guests. All right, we got Chris with us tonight. 
been back after a while. This is the originator of the MJ yeah. Challenge. Joining us tonight, we got Mr. Project Pixel Art Joe. He's back again. We love doing stuff with this guy here. Yeah. Who knows what he's going to talk my, about? Take my breath away isn't necessarily the song I would have on, you know, to dance to in the car. But if Joe wants to dance to "Take My Breath Away," good for him. as long as it's not the Jessica Simpson version. It's fine. This is a journey into sound. I felt like the the people that are on the cast right now uh, we're gonna hit with all sorts yes, of different definitely. areas and genres and decades. Yeah, and I have a feeling there's gonna be some weird ones. Most, yeah, most, most definitely. definitely. Most definitely. But you know, uh, he had asked me how the heck do we tie it to what we do, what we talk about. You know, Tom, you can agree we've been a kind of off topic for or or, or uh, derailing yeah, casts but it's, left it, and right talking about uh, different things. But it's so been good in a way. Like you guys, like, you know, it, it you know it has. But you know, the topics all directly related, and yeah. I'm glad that we're back on a script really quick. But how do we tying music to what we're doing? You know, and I kind of told him music's part you know, of everything. This answer. Exactly, that's what Joe had said to me yeah. too, and it's what I said. Music's part of everything. The games we play, movies we watch. You know, uh, probably you know the peace of mind that we get during certain times. Uh, yeah. You know, it, it directly relates to at least everything that I do and every you know all the years that I've been alive. So it's kind of hard not to talk about it at some point. And uh, the last couple episodes, you know, while they they were uh, all over the place, we did touch base on a couple things uh, recently, music wise. So I felt that it was a great segue into tonight's episode. And then also yesterday, of course was the anniversary how many years chris it's been uh 36 this year so 36 years of thriller or michael jackson yeah 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 it was uh 36 excuse me yeah 36 years mm -hmm. of the anniversary of michael jackson's thriller mm -hmm. and it was probably uh i want to say earlier this year uh there was a post that chris had put up and it, it, it was one of the i think first posts on the raiders site and he yeah. had uh posed the question <laughs> wasn't it was, was that the prince one or was that or was no, that no yeah 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 prince was one of the first ones I ever did and then the second one was uh bad is better than thriller changed my mind it got very animated it, it did it did yes it escalated quickly as they would say <laughs> um but me and chris had a good conversation about it but i was surprised because uh you know i do know chris happens to love some mj Mr. Jam, I saw it on fire. I love it. My man here's got some moves. Um, it was, uh, you know, it was kind of surprising to me. But I know you got all sorts of facts that you you're ready to drop, and and the point of views that are are, are obviously very interesting. And we're going to talk about MJ. It, it's very important too. Um, and Joe and Tom were both on board with this as well. Yeah. But I kind of felt like you know we needed to uh, kind of. Maybe get a little reacquainted with each other, you know, our our musical pasts, if you will. Mm -hmm. So I sent all of you guys kind of a series of questions. We all have the same questions about our, our musical pasts and uh, kind of where we're coming from. Uh, so we're just should we just jump right into it? Then? Jump right into it. Go ahead. You do the first one. Yeah. Well, so the first topic was I asked everyone to you know select. A song that represents them through a certain time frame of their lives. The song picked has to be pertinent to those years that you were alive. It had to have come out then. And, um, you know, 
so boom. I asked for the years of middle school, high school, and your 20s. So for me, middle school, which uh, would have been, you know, 80, no, 85 through 88. Mm. Wow, yeah. okay. <laughs> so my middle school song is uh, Beastie Boys, Fight for Your Right to Party. Yeah. Good choice. Man, when Beasties came out, I mean, the seventh grade, to me, middle school, that was the best year for me. It was just a great time. And uh, when that hit, you know, I was already loved hip hop. You know, uh, uh, there was so much stuff that I had heard prior to this. But when Beastie dropped, it was a game changer. And and that when that song hit, that was just such a uh, such a dope song, man. Yeah, I mean, that was uh, pretty cool. And the video for for back then was pretty cool. Oh yeah, man, that was a game changer too. That yeah. was when you could actually turn on your TV and see music videos. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, when when MTV actually played music, exactly. You know, it, it, you know, and I, then I like their BMA understand. performances were always awesome too. They were yes. always on like the award shows and whatnot. Like, they had some really, really like that was such a good like introduction to the Beasties for everybody. I mean, because I don't I don't know anybody that doesn't like the Beastie Boys. That's so just like no, there's not one thing i like about them like bullshit you have to like the beast there voice. has to be something beastie you gotta like i mean yeah sure some of their albums there might have been you know some things here and there that maybe not have been as spectacular as yeah. you know uh license to ill but uh it was it was even in the, even in their life. down moments they still had some good stuff like hello nasty still had some cool songs on it like as much as much Hot as the most of that out yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah, like stuff like that. Like I loved uh, all kind of shame in the game you got. <laughs> I loved that song. Like I thought yeah. that was so dope. And for, and for and for me, kind of being the young cat, I remember when uh, "Check It Out" came out when I was in middle yes. high school. And even then, I was like, like I, I knew who they were, but even then, like they still had a, a fresh, dope sound of what they were doing. And it was it mm-hmm. was something like you had unlike you had heard unlike anything you had heard before. Absolutely, that's how Absolutely. I kind of felt about you know uh, you know there was rock, <coughs> before, rock and roll and you know there was rap already, but then the two fused together and they were talking about partying yeah. and half the, everything that they rapped about on that particular song you had to relate to. And me in seventh grade, you know yeah. it was it was just a great time. It was that song and Brass Monkey. Those two. Yeah. Back yeah. to back. I mean, a seventh grade, man, we had this one dance that we went to and there was a talent show. And I remember I had to do, I, I had to do, I chose to do with two of my boys a, a beastie routine. And we lip synced those two songs. <laughs> well, things oh, haven't changed. Yeah. You're still doing beastie routines with guys. <laughs> I'm still doing it. I'm still doing it. <laughs> but it was a game changer, man. It was great. I loved it. And it was such a great album. Which and one such were a you? Good time in my life. So, which one was I? I was uh, MCA. Uh, okay. Rest in peace. So, you know. Yeah. Did Rod yeah. MC and Aerosmith, like, that hit right around the same time, didn't it? It was like, yeah. 87? Yeah, that was. Um, 86, 87? Yeah, yeah that, that was actually 85. Raisin Hell came out. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. See. Yeah. That I I would have thought that would have hit you, like, because I remember like just hearing that. Oh, that's that stuff did, but I mean, you know, all that stuff that had came out, uh, you know, Raising Hell, King of Rock, that stuff was great. Yeah. But man, when Beastie dropped it again, it was a game changer. I mean, it was just like, wow. It's because they were in your face. 
Exactly. Yeah, they were, but it also showed you that anyone could get it too. You know, exactly, kind of like yes. one of those things that it, it was a game changer. It transcended, you know, the music itself. These guys was getting it. They was talking about stuff that was relatable. And there's a lot of areas in rap or any music where it can be dope, it can be great, but then if you you start to become unrelatable, people will lose interest. Mm-hmm. And that happened with a lot of things in rap. I think you know that was one of the. Uh, weak times for certain groups you know that they went through and um beastie when they came out it was a refresher they did things different and they evolved their sound all the way while you know for their entire career Mm -hmm. did a lot of different things so when i heard them back in 86 to you know when you heard them with you know check it out when that came out two different sounds but they're both dope yeah you know absolutely great contributions i love that so that was my middle school one cool so who's up next um, I'll, I'll go ahead and go since I'm, okay. I guess I'm the young cat. So I'm gonna make y'all feel super <laughs> old when, when I throw this out here. So middle school for me would have been 2001 to 2004. So, right. uh, so for me, uh, the song, yeah, by Usher, Lil John, and Ludacris was the, <laughs> that was it. Like that was everything, man. Like I, so, so the story. What? I know. <laughs> okay. Yeah, okay. <laughs> so, so the, my, my biggest story behind that song, the reason why I picked it, is that I moved from Charleston to Columbia, South Carolina, and I don't know if you guys have ever had that feeling of being the new kid. It's like crap. Like I gotta figure out who everybody is. I gotta know who I am. That kind of thing. So, being a dancer, I heard that there was an after-school dance. I'm like, okay, well, this is a good chance for me to kind of break the ice and get to know people. And um, as soon as Yeah came on, I just went out and I was like, crap, I don't know anybody, but I'm just going to go out here and dance. And then after I go out there and do all my best Usher impression, like everyone and their mama came up to me. He's like, hey, who are you? What's your name? That kind of thing. So so that was uh, that was a huge moment for me. So that's why I picked that song. Yeah, it's a great song, man. It is. What? Okay. That's pretty dope with that. Yeah, I like it. Joe, go ahead. Oh, man. I'm, I guess I'm just a little bit older than Chris. Uh, my middle school years were 2000 to 2003. Yeah. And, uh, mine's going to be a little bit of a monkey wrench. Uh, it's Disaster Pieces by Slipknot. Yo! Because... Slipknot. <laughs> yeah, right? Yo, this is middle school? Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm just going to kick that out real quick. So I said I was in seventh grade. So which which year does this kind of like reflect? Actually, that's funny. It's it's about the seventh grade, eighth grade year. Okay. Pretty much like right. up until 2003, and that's where the song kind of changes because the whole album came out that changed my life. So we'll get to that one later. Yeah. Um, okay. I just uh, I don't know. I really liked the um, the musicianship in that particular song because that's pretty much quoted as their heaviest album, but they did a lot of atmospheric stuff in that CD mm-hmm. that really I think was. I guess groundbreaking in a sense because they went from this like thrash rap metal band to this just like straight up intense metal band. But that song was always just important, not lyrically and particularly, but just overall the whole um, musicianship. That's mine. No, that, that, that's cool. I, I'm going to be honest. I, I don't know a lot of Slipknot aside, you know, from, you know, I've, I've, obviously know who they are the masks they're synonymous with them i think there's like 57 people in the group um the only other group that has more is wu-tang yep. um, 
You know what I forgot to add, actually? What's that? Uh, I ended up meeting the bassist of Slipknot before he passed away. Wow. Unmasked. He was just playing bass for this band that I like a lot. He went on tour with them. And uh, I met him after the show. And I'm like, uh, uh, Paul Gray from Slipknot? What the fuck? This is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> and then um, when I lived in St. Pete, I actually met the main guitarist, the lead guitarist at Sam Ash. They were doing this huge thing. And I got him to sign the CD that had disaster pieces on it. So that's where the whole story goes full circle. That's super dope, man. That's cool. All right. So I guess mine's last. I was in middle school. Let's see. Uh, 97, so 90, 95 to 97. Yeah, middle school is only three years. Mm-hmm. And for me, I ended up picking. For yeah, some. exactly. <laughs> <laughs> if, you, if you played your cards right, yeah, you were I was, three. I, I wasn't quite <laughs> the idiot. But, um, man, like, the one I ended up picking was, um, like, once, like, one album, like, I was huge into Aerosmith. Like, Get a Grip and, like, um that whole album with like living on the edge and crying and crazy like yeah you gotta understand i mean when you're 10 years old 11 years old and alicia silverstone and Liv tyler like but yeah that's gonna yeah anyway so aerosmith was like aerosmith is like hornball rock so i used to listen to it all the time and when i got in my accident i was in like eighth grade and i can just remember listening like nine lives came out that year which was the follow-up to Get a Grip, and it wasn't yeah. that great. But I must have listened to that album. Like, I I got it the week or two weeks before I got in my bike accident, where like I I smashed up my face, and um, I was just like, I'm not gonna lie, like I was high on morphine like for weeks because I was having so much surgery done and stuff. So I used to listen to that album in my headphones all the time, and it had like this weird like kind of like India vibe to it. And I was like hallucinating and seeing shit. <laughs> so, Were you crying? No, I was never crying. I was just like, okay, well, this stuff's go-. like I knew that being on morphine like makes you like hallucinate. Live on the edge. Yeah, exactly. And it ended up being like <laughs> that album for me. Like I could listen to that all day. Like I, I did. Like I list, I probably listened to it like five times a day because I was just laying in a chair, like stoned out of my gourd. So that album for me, like I can listen to that, like Pink on that album, a couple other other songs, like was uh, "Falling in Love" is hard on the knees, like those songs. I can, like I said, I can listen to that album over and over and over again, just because I remember being screwed up and sitting there and just being like, this is "So cool." <laughs> that was our middle school time, so we're moving to high school now. So. For me, that would have been 89 through 92. Okay. Man, that seems like forever ago. It was forever Jeez. ago. It was. You, you came up during the golden years, man. It, it, I did. It was It was a beautiful time. Yeah. We'll, That's we'll, R. We'll Kelly's next album. <laughs> okay, so high school. So uh, 89 for me, uh, this would have been my sophomore year. And while I said, you know, middle school, seventh grade, eighth grade, those were good times for me uh this was probably like the last great year that i remember for me um my sophomore year before i went into a a descent of dumbing out for a a stretch Um, my dumbing out decade which we'll get into that i'm sure in a little bit decade uh you're you're about to hit high school everyone goes everyone goes through uh, different trials and tribulations so uh, (laughs) 
you know, uh, anyways, 89. So the song that I picked was a soul to soul. Keep on. Moving. Yeah. Uh, good, good choice, uh, man. Yeah. That, that's such a hot song, man. Uh, that one. And, uh, however you want uh, soul back to life. Those two, those two, when those hit, man, it was such a good time. And, uh, they were just great songs when they dropped. I, I honestly, I couldn't tell you to any other songs that those people did. Um, but those, to me, you can hear them any decade, any time, and it's just, it's great music, and it was a good time for me, and uh, it just kind of reflected a lot of stuff that was happening for me, um, and still to this day, though, it, it's a good time, it puts me in a good place, you know, great song. Do you have it on your iTunes, or do you have the CD have, still? I don't have the CD, I have the song, it was just two songs, you know, I, I know there was more, I'm sure they did more than that, they had to, but those those were the two songs for me from those artists that I remember, and you know that was uh, again if you don't know the songs they're great you know check it out but keep on moving to me is great was it sophomore year good year good good uh are we going in the same order sure all right, yeah, all right. Sure. All right cool so uh so high school for me was 2005 to 2008 and uh this is gonna sound super corny when i say this but crank that soldier boy was the song <laughs> oh my god it was it was man like that's when like the dances were at a crazy yeah, lean with it rock with it laffy taffy crank that soldier boy chicken noodle soup all that stuff like i was <laughs> i was doing all that oh my God. yeah so crank that soldier boy was my homecoming like theme song like when we had our homecoming dance or whatever uh, like so, so we had the homecoming football game. Then right after that, we went next door to the gym and had a homecoming dance, and that was like that set everybody off. So, uh, so yeah, crank that Soldier Boy for obvious reasons. Soldier Boy, I I remember hearing that. I used to work in a bar when that came out, and oh my, everybody would play that damn song. Absolutely. I used to hear that, that and uh, that Buck Cherry Crazy Bitch song. Oh, yeah. Oh, my oh God. God. <laughs> One of the worst songs. That was ever. always, always a staple at the bar was someone's gonna play that like twice an hour. Oh my god. Yeah. Yeah, so so it was between Crank That Soldier Boy and Party Like a Rockstar. That that was the toss up for me, but I went ahead and went with Crank right. That. So Okay. Who's next? Right. Joe? Yeah, yeah. All right. This one is called I Have Everything I Need. Or it's called Everything I Need. And it's by a band that is no longer together. They're called From Autumn to Ashes. And it came out just at a good time. It was my last year of high school, which was in 2007. So I went from 03 to 07. And um, it came out, I remember specifically April 10th. So I had like a month of school left. And three days later, they're actually playing a show in St. Pete. So I had just gotten my license. And it was the second show i ever driven to and um so at the show had a good time uh stage dived i got to sing a lot of the vocals to the songs from the band and then after the show i lost one of my uh plugs for my ear and um the singer actually helped me look around the floor for it after everyone cleared out and i hung out uh behind the venue with them for a couple hours ew did you find it no, I never found it. All right, good. I was going to say, you better not have put that back in your ear. Yeah, that's probably, I think it was a blessing. But um, the song, the songs, I have everything, or everything I need, it's about how through whatever, you know, you still have all the things you have or that you need in your life is very minimal. It's the things that keep you alive. So food, shelter, uh, 
friendships, love, whatever it may be. But um, it was so important and motivating to me that I actually got a tattooed across my chest. And mm. yeah, that's where that comes from. Yep. Okay. Mm. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Cool. So, gotcha. so, so real quick, Joe, I, I, I'm, I'm noticing a trend here. You tend to be able to connect with singers. So if Sade ever comes to St. Pete, you're coming with me to see if I can try to see if I can get with Sade. Like just one time. <laughs> oh man, man, she she was almost on this list. Joe is gonna be your wingman. <laughs> he really? will be. <laughs> That's well, gonna be he, your wingman. Okay. He, he he seems to get in with these artists and stuff. So hey, I'll 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 I'll, I'll take my chances on that one. <laughs> Let me just say this: I've met every single band that I've gone and seen. As far as that has been important to me. So. I. So with that said, I like your batting average. You're coming with me when shot <laughs> it goes on tour again. <laughs> I'll have to drive down from Jacksonville, but that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> He'll fly right. you in. Don't worry about it. All right. Go, All go right, ahead, Tom. Pick, Yeah, go ahead. My pick was, let's see, high school was 98 through 2001 with me. And, dude, Limp Biscuits break stuff. That – I because yes. I played – yeah, I played hockey, like – like we actually had a roller hockey team for Riverview and like there was a me and like this whole bunch of other guys that used to play and then we used to play over at like Stardust back in the day and we'd drive to Ellington to play hockey and like we were kind of like I don't know it was kind of like cool like I never pictured like I would make a hockey team and like I got did to... you guys just hop in the car and go on the highway and crank that up and act like a bunch of idiots singing that song <laughs> with the chainsaw and stuff dude you know what the funny thing is it was you know, since I was in middle school or since I was in high school, like my parents, like my dad was one of my coaches and my parents used to go to all my games. And back then, you know, I couldn't drive yet. And they drove me, would drive me up to Ellington in a, their little Geo Metro with like three people, stinky ass hockey gear. <laughs> and like just we would crank that freaking tape that it still had a tape player in it. Like I had to record. Yeah. What's that? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what are these guys talking about? I have that. <laughs> I have that on cassette. Oh, yeah. Wow. So that that just became like this pumped up like hockey song for me to hear all the time. And like Limp Bizkit was so huge. Like, yeah. I mean, you can look back now and be like, man, like that was a weird time. But that sounded so different back then. That was like. I mean, yeah, it just, uh, it, it just it's, sounded like it's a... safe to say all of you own uh, records or mm-hmm. still have tapes and yeah. all sorts of different media that's not digital because pretty yeah. much everything's digital. Mm-hmm. I mean, I still go buy CDs nowadays because all of my cars are still CD based. That's what's up. Um, okay. So, so hey, I... oh shit, my bad. No, 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 you're good. You're good, Joe. Go ahead. I was gonna say that particular album from Lump Biscuit I have on vinyl, cassette, and CD. Name it. Nice. And, and that was what's the name of it. That was gonna be my question. Is it hot dog flavored water, or is it before that? Significant other. Okay, gotcha. No, break stuff was. Uh, no, no, you're right. You're right. My bad. My bad. I was thinking the wrong one. That's right. I was thinking Roland and my generation, oh, all that stuff. Yeah, that yeah, was yeah. that's hot dog. Yeah, yeah. R- Roland and my way and all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah, they had some hot ones. Yeah, they had some good ones. Yeah. I, I love the one with uh, uh, Limp Bizkit and Method Man. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh man, yeah. Yes, that's good stuff. Because that was also when WWF was at its peak, and you had Limp Biscuit and Method Man, you know, doing songs together. That was dope. 
Those you know what dogs. used to yes. really mess me up back then? And this isn't even like, don't even don't even start and say it's like a racist thing. I could not tell the difference between Roy Jones Jr. and Method Man to save my life back then. <laughs> I thought those two guys looked so much I've alike. Never, I've never thought about uh, Roy Jones I mean, now... Jr. and Method Man used to look so much alike in the face that like I couldn't tell the difference between them when <laughs> I'd see like you know, Sports Center and MTV because Roy Jones Jr. was like huge back then. Yeah, like he was an he was a hell of a fighter, and so they were always like you know, and Wu Tang was going then, so like they were on like you know news shows together and whatnot. Yeah. Always threw me off. I'll, I'll, I'll cut you some slack. I can kind of see the resemblance, so so you're good, man. It's all good. <laughs> I think it's the same haircut. They had like the same exact look. It was crazy. Like yeah, like that's a clone. There had to be in a clone. Like Method Man's a clone of Roy Jones Jr. without the boxing. <laughs> <laughs> That's and, what it is. And not only that, those are two guys, like those are the last two guys I want to take it outside with. So Yeah, um, exactly. Yeah. Red Man would show up. And now well, Roy Jones Jr. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's he's I think he's what, the Florida Robarts Arena champion of the world right now. Like, isn't he still running around trying to fight? I think. I haven't oh, heard, I, I haven't I haven't heard, heard a word from so him much. in decades. Yeah, same here. I haven't heard his name think, come up much. I think much. he last fought like in 2015 or something like that. Wow. Got walloped. That's crazy. Oh. So on to the 20s. All right, so yeah, let's move Let's move to the 20s. All right, so, uh, you know, it was kind of a, a, a split decade for me there. So, uh, man, and there's so many good songs that came out during these times. I mean, yep. this is like... Prime time. Yeah. Pop I mean, came back in a big way. Yes, it did. Time. Yes, it did. Like pop yeah, music so much. was I mean, huge. That's what she said. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I agree. I, man, there's just so many uh, ones to go with. So, I mean, I wrote a couple down here. Um, I shit. There's a Fiesta with R. Kelly and Jigga. Wow, I love that one. Yeah. You know, uh, I have it down here. Um, Erica Badu's Ode to Hip Hop. Yes. Um, uh, you know, there's the last two songs, and both of them we could talk either one of them for uh, comical uh, value here. Macarena. Uh, I picked. <laughs> no, it's not there. I, I, it's funny because you know, scroll, scrolling through these years, I see all these trigger songs. I'm like, I'm not gonna say that one. That's just gonna make Tom talk shit. <laughs> nope, not gonna say that one. Tom's gonna talk shit. <laughs> so, anyways, all uh, you know. Uh, I would stick to, in my 20s, I'd stick to talking about the good stuff. So the reason why I have the Erica Badu one or uh, this other one was uh, the Dixie Chicks. Yo, yeah. <laughs> Which year was it? So it was about 2000, yeah. 99, 2000 is when I had met my, uh, uh, fiance, my wife-to-be. Uh, and uh, my whole life kind of changed, took a completely different direction. And a lot of those songs kind of reflected, you know, what was happening with me then and, and the change in my life. So... Uh, the reason why I picked the Dixie Chicks one was because, uh, you know, with her, I kind of started, I guess, appreciating music that I never thought I would mm-hmm. ever appreciate. And she dragged me to a, a Dixie Chicks concert. Oh, wow. Right here. And, uh, man, that was one of the best concerts I've ever been to really? in my life. Um, yeah, man, that was a good time. I mean, visuals aside, but it was a good time, you know. And uh, the other one, of course... The comical one uh, was uh, Big Pimpin', Jay-Z. Yeah, there you go. Uh, the there reason go. why is because the time that I had uh, met, you know, my wife uh, was, I had just got the new job. I was working for a video oh. game store. I was 
you know, an assistant manager at the time. You know, great time in music. It was a great time in games. I was making money. You were money. the mall all the time. Yeah, days. I had just won a, a child. I had just won a custody battle with my son. I was getting child support paid to me on top of a fat check. Nice. And I was just living life. It was nice. Then I met my wife, and it was just good. And, and you know, it was just that's just such a great. You know, the the beat, the song, all that stuff. You guys know Big Pimp. Yeah. It was just a good time. You know. Um, so either one of those would work for me. You know, it, it, it's hard just to choose one. So I felt like I had to mention a couple. So. Okay. Well, to, to kind of dovetail off uh, Dixie Chicks, I do want to say that their Wide Open Spaces album is really, really good. It is. I will, I, I'll admit that. Absolutely. Cool. I got no shame in my game on that one. Yes. So is that one of your, also one of your bands that you wouldn't, oh, yeah, that we'd I, be surprised I, I would say, you like? yeah, I, I, no. I think that probably, I wouldn't think I would never would expect, expect that. that I would have. Neither would I. Yeah, dude. Nope. The, yeah, the song I picked was Cowboy Take Me Away, man. Hey. Uh, that, that was good stuff, If you would have picked was, Hall you know, and Oates, I wouldn't have been more surprised than I was that you said Dixie Chicks. They're very talented chicks, man. It's, it's no pun intended. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, it was it was a great album. So and you know my wife she appreciate that. So you know if if you're a smart happy wife happy life you know very true. So uh, very and true. you can relate that to unmarried however you want. Um, so y- you embrace different things. You learn to listen a little bit. You hear different things, and it was a good time. So cool. So uh, this category was uh, difficult for me because I'm 28. So I haven't even finished the decade yet as far as 20s. But uh, but this choice to me made perfect sense just because of where this particular artist is right now. So I chose Locked Out of Heaven by Bruno Mars. Ah. And the reason why I chose that is because for the longest, I kind of put him in that teeny bopper pop category, just like, eh, you know, because I heard billionaire and all that stuff. I was just like, ah, he's good, but didn't really do anything for me. So then fast forward to the first Super Bowl performance he ever did, I believe it was 2013. And yeah. this man crushed it. And I was like, you know what? Yes, he did. I was dead wrong about this guy, and I'm going to pay attention to him from now on. And then he's just been he's a talented dude yeah. his shows are a lot of fun he he has a good time yeah. you know uh i i can't say i can't really think of a bad song you know there's some hokey ones or ones that you could tell that maybe you know he took the paycheck for right. and just made something fun but they're still all fun mm-hmm. you know uh what was the one that they did the boom shakalaka from the um boom shakalaka. they took it from the dinosaur song the freaking you know the the bruno mars one with the what are you talking about? I don't know. Yeah, I, I'm. I'm not sure if I if I follow, but but chances are, if you probably played it, I would know what you're talking about. But um, continue. But, but yeah, let's see. All right, but um, but yeah. So so that's what it was. Is that um, I became a Bruno Mars fan when he performed at the Super Bowl, and since then he's just been crushing it. His entire 24K Magic album is really really good, and I and because. It's been so good. I ended up getting it on vinyl. Okay. I I, I don't uh, imagine Tom that. Are you, you a big? Co- that you listen to that I watch. Bruno. I have I know billionaire. That's okay. about all I know from him. Oh, wow. I, I I honestly don't listen to the radio that much like anymore. Like I have the songs that I like. Like I'm not one of those people that's just like oh let's just listen to new stuff. Like I'm like when I'm driving, which is the and at work I listen to new music all the time. Mm-hmm. Like I hear stuff all the time on our Pandora in the store. So I'm just always hearing like like I just got into uh, a Wall Nation. Like, cause I heard a couple of songs at the store and I'm like, oh, okay. Like I'll listen to, you know, I'll check them out on YouTube or something like that. But every now and a bit, every now and again, like a band comes along and I'm just like, oh yeah, I like two or three songs and that's about it. Okay. And I get the iTunes and that's it. 
Cool. Uh, Chris, I was talking about um, Uptown Funk. Yes, yes, yeah. Oh. That's the Everyone Walked the Dinosaur song. Gotcha, okay. So. And what, what I got from that was, that was kind of a hat tip to Morris Day in the Time, that particular yes. sound. Yeah. Oh, um, yo, yo. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes. Most definitely yeah. Jungle Love. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Dude, you know, Jungle Love is a game changer. Oh man, I love that. When yes, he busted absolutely. out the mirror. But um, but yeah, now, now that you point out uh, the walk the di- walk like the dinosaur reference, that that yeah, it makes perfect sense okay. now. Okay. Yeah. All right, so that so. that wraps up. I feel like I know you guys so much better. So th- there's our early years. So let's get into some more, I guess, uh, personal topics. Right oh well. Uh, well I think oh, I'm sorry. Uh, have it, have yeah, it oh, sorry. sorry. Shit. Yeah. <laughs> My bad. Thank you for keeping me, us in check. You're, you're good, bro. <laughs> Keeping me in check. <laughs> Take it away. Like, oh, really? That's nice. Let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Let's keep this moving. Just <laughs> go, go, go ahead, Joe. Sorry, away, Joe. Man. All right. So I feel like every single time I talk, it's going to have the same sort of situation happen. Uh-huh. So I had just I just turned 30. And, um, you know, so, the, man, so much music happened in the 20s for me. Uh, you know, I got in, I think out during high school, middle school, that kind of stuff. I was really into like heavy music and particularly the rock genre. And I, you know, Beastie Boys love them regardless, but I didn't get obsessed with the Beastie Boys until my twenties. So I didn't know, you know, Paul's Boutique was probably one of the best rap records ever made. So, you know, I, I just was so unaware of that oblivious to an, to an extent, but this band, they're called Fear Before. They dropped this album October 28th, 2008. I remember super stoked because I was really into them. And so this unfortunately would become their last album. But the song on it is called Everything's Not Shitty. And through a majority of my adulthood, I've been dealing with, you know, depression and stuff like that. So to have a song title called Everything's Not Shitty and the, the message in the song is saying, hey, man, uh... You know, it's just, it's not, not, you know, I could spout the lyrics off, but it's kind of nonsense. But um, anyway, that it's just been always a great song to me. It's been important. It's always pushed me forward. And I remember when it came out, I went to Hot Topic on my birthday that year and this song came on and I thought it was like just such a sign. And uh, let's see, I Bring told you the story. Plugs. Oh, uh, I probably did. Actually, you know what? I, and I was in Bra- Brandon, and we went over to uh, – where did we go? We went to um, Play and Trade. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah, we went to Play and Trade after that, and lo and behold, they had, like, every Super Nintendo game that I wanted. It was like, boom, there's Final Fantasy III. Um, I got that. I think I got – Turtles in Time. Did I get Turtles in Time? I don't remember, Ooh, but I got like three or four different games, man. Ask for those. Then. Nah, dude. It was, it was like 30 bucks. Really? Oh, oh, wow. Yeah, back then, they actually, the, the the games back then probably were the right prices. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So um, I ended up, this. I told Jason the story. I'm going to keep it quick and short as possible. So I met them before. I met him again. Actually, every single time I met him and hung out with him. But I saw them in Jacksonville before I moved here. I just came up with to see a friend, and we went and saw these guys. And I got to hang out on their tour van. Um, I got a free jacket because I was cold. And he's like, what size do you wear? I'm like, small. But now I'm like, 
large. Um, but <laughs> he, he just gave me the jacket and I was like, do you want me to pay for it? He's like, no. Nah. I'm like, okay, cool. Um, then I'm I was just like, coming to this van. <laughs> he's just like, yeah. <laughs> no, nah, it was super cool. We were just like, just, I don't even know what we're talking about some shit, but, um, I went to go see this. I went to go see CKY a couple weeks ago, two weeks ago. And, uh, I was about to leave. I was a little tipsy. I had work in the morning. Anyhow, I was like 1130. Um, I'm about to leave, and I see this guy in a Between the Buried and Me t-shirt, and I was like, hey, what's your favorite album? And out of nowhere, you know, just like, okay, I'm going to talk to people now. Um, and we started talking about it. I was like, well, mine's uh, Colors, because I love the song prequel to the sequel, because it has Adam from Fear Before as the guest vocalist. And he's like, well, guess what? Our mascot that dressed up like a goblin is his roommate. And... Um, so I'm like, are you fucking serious? How many times have I heard that in my life? <laughs> so, I had that happen to me is, last week. Is this how a side quest starts in Final Fantasy? <laughs> right. Is but, this where you get the enchanted earplug? <laughs> so, yeah, he, he goes and gets the uh, the guy who dresses up like a goblin for them. And he's like, yeah, Adam's my, my uh, roommate. I'm like, so I just saw you guys on a whim. Open up for CKY, and you are one of my favorite bands. Well, they're not together anymore, but one of my favorite bands, guitarist slash vocalist slash songwriters, fucking roommate. And he's like, yeah. I'm like, sweet. But uh, I told him to take a picture of my Joker tattoo because he took a picture of it a couple. You know, when we first met back in 2007 or whatever. He's like, I fucking love that movie. So I was like, dude, take a picture of it and send it to him. He's like, okay, and that's what he did. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Um, Sorry about so, that one. No, 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 that's fine. good. You, you, it's, it's, um, I think it's interesting how you're able to meet all these people at the right place, right time. You know, you got a yeah. great story. Yeah. <laughs> I, hear, yeah. I have no idea who these people are, but, you know, when I do the playback, I'm going to write it down and I'll look it up and I'll hear it because the only colors I knew was Ice T's colors. <laughs> that was it. It's Cindy Lopper's. <laughs> True colors. Yeah, <laughs> they, they were tr- her true. Ones. Yeah, yeah, they were true. Yeah, and black white. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> so nice, nice. Mine was really weird. Like I, I went through this like stage of my life when I like wasn't doing like the nursing gig anymore, and I switched and started working at the store, and all this stuff was going on, and like I threw out my back, and I had a doctor that like, I mean, this was back in the early. 2000s was my or yeah like the mid 2000s was my 20s and uh i threw out my back like herniated two discs like slipped one disc and like you know this was back in like i said early 2000s so when you went to the doctor if you said you had a headache they handed you like a handful of vicodin and it was like going your way like back then like the doctors didn't care when they were like prescribing you all that crap like it was a much easier time and uh (laughs) <laughs> like I'm just has one way of looking oh, at no, it. No, I'm just saying. I mean, you'd go to the doctor. No, 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 I hear you. And um, but anyway, so I ended up going to this doctor, and um, I was just like, yeah, like my back's hurting, blah blah blah. And he's like, oh, he's like, you're tense. He's like, you should, you need, you should go on Valium. And then he's like, I'm gonna give you a, some Vicodin, like take that for the pain. He's like, and if that doesn't work, you can go ahead and take Percocet too. And I was like, oh, okay. So he writes me all these prescriptions. And I go to Publix and like, because we have awesome insurance, it was like $7 for 30 of each of them. So I was like, oh, okay. Go home, go off into Spaceville, 
like anybody would on any of that kind of stuff. And like over time, because, you know, it took a while for my back to heal, I, you know, built up a tolerance and it was like six months I was on these things. My dad cracked up my car one day. I had to go apply for loans. Long story short, like the album that got me through all that crap, like like, like the detox and like, because you get sick as a dog when you stop taking that stuff. Like you get, right, right, right. yeah, like your body's just like, no. Like, what song is it, sir? It's the Welcome to the Black Parade by My Chemical Romance. That album, dude. Yeah. Dude, that is like so close to a Queen album. It reminds me so much of Queen. Like just the production of it and like the guitars and everything. That yeah. album to me, I used to listen to that like all the time. Like just would constantly like on my way to work that same those same like you know whatever it is 12 songs or whatever and that that got me through like one of the hardest times in my life so even though i think you know it's like emo music or whatever they call it nowadays but like that album was just amazing to me at that time i'll take it between that and getting introduced to bob dylan like musically went by my dad and that was like i mean bob dylan like blows your mind when you listen to him if you listen to him listen to him as opposed to just being like, oh, yeah, he's just some just whiny dude. Yeah. yeah, yeah, like Jimmy. <laughs> White people can't hear Jimmy. <laughs> All How right, else so would you like me to listen to it? <laughs> <laughs> I am loving the white man can't jump reference right now. Oh, I, I, I had to. The other day when Mike did that, when he's talking about Jimi Hendrix, I was just like, you can't hear Jimmy. <laughs> you, you listen. <laughs> yeah, you listen, but you can't hear him. <laughs> well, how else do I perceive it? <laughs> What else, what, what am I supposed to do? Eat it? Yeah. <laughs> and then Rosie Fred's Billy. <laughs> oh man. Oh, that's great. All right, so we're out of our twenties. Yeah. Again, take two. I feel like I know all you guys a little bit better. So let's get into some more some more personal things real quick. Ask you guys to pick a you know a three of your personal favorite albums. Any any era. Any whatever you know if, if you had to go on a trip and you could only you were limited what you could take these would be three that you'd probably take with you um let's go ahead and switch up the order here tom what's your what's your uh oh, give us... let's see arrows uh not aerosmith guns and roses appetite for destruction that mm-hmm. album to me I, is that's telegraph cool. that one yeah i mean that's yeah. fine like i love guns and roses i yeah i think that that is such a perfect like there's no filler on that album. There's not, and it was just so. It's still to this day you listen to it, and they just sound like angry. Like Axl Rose has one of the coolest voices in like rock that can just change so much. Like easily, I'd have to put Appetite for Destruction up there. Uh, Aerosmith's Get a Grip was huge for me too. Mm. Um, I mean, like I said, that that was like my introduction to music. Those albums, like when I started actually like getting my own tapes and getting into stuff and whatnot. It was Aerosmith and Guns N' Roses were at the top of that. And then later on, Everclear. Okay, so on Appetite of Destruction, best song on that? On Your one cut. I mean, obviously, Welcome to the Jungle. Mm-hmm. You can't. Okay. I, that is one of the best opening songs on any album in the history of mankind, I think. As you're in. Think about that. Think about that. It, it is a good one. It, it is what a it great, is a great song. introduction to Guns N' Roses for that to be their number one, their first song on their first album like that. That was, that was a pretty stellar opening. 
Okay, and you said that last one, your third album was Everclear. Ever, Is that what you said? Yeah, Everclear, like that. Everything cool. to everyone album. It came out. I think it came out like when I was in middle school, but like that again was amazing to me. Like Everclear. I mean, I hate to use the quote from like that movie Loser that they were in, but it was like it was depressing music, but it was still like happy. You know what I'm saying? Like, it, like most of the songs were like kind of sad shit, but it had like a good beat. You know, they were just. I don't. He was a great songwriter. I. St- I oh, still yeah. love that band when they come out with oh, new yeah. stuff. Everclear is probably one of my absolute favorite bands. Like when you look back at their catalog, like so much of their stuff to me, like it's just, it, there's not much crap. It's not like when you look at Aerosmith and you're like, oh God, there was like five albums that were absolutely horrible. Everclear is not like that. Mm. Take your word for it. I, I, I can't. I, I, I'm very limited, very limited on my white people music stuff. Guy. No, I, I'm being honest. You know, I, I can't say I know a lot of their songs, so yeah. But I, I definitely take your word for it. You know, you would know if you right. heard them because they were all over the radio, like "Father of Mine" or "Wonderful." Santa like, Monica. Santa Monica. Okay, that's another huge one. Gotcha. All right, Joe, go ahead and knock yours out. Whew. All right, 2003. This was uh, right after. The Slipknot debacle. I said I'd come back to it, and I did. Um, this band called AFI, they dropped an album called Sing the Sorrow. Came out 3-11-2003. I'll never forget that day. Just turned um, 15 this year. And uh, my favorite song on it is Paper Airplane, Makeshift Wings. Um, after so many years. Actually, that's the reason my girlfriend and I have been together. is because she wore an AFI shirt, and I said, she's fucking hot. She's going to be mine. And here we are. Um, we actually got now you're Goldblum. losing it to Jeff Goldblum. Ah, uh, well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, you saw that picture yeah. that they've been posting online lately. Yeah. yeah. Oh, man. Have you seen that the Jason was... Momoa ones? That he's, like, oh, taking pictures oh, yeah. with girls where he's pushing the guys away? That cracks me yep. up. Those are hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, those are good. Anyway. But we, uh, we actually got to go meet them all together last year in Atlanta. So that was fucking cool. First time ever. Um. And I told you, I meet everyone. You've pretty much met everyone on your list so far. That's pretty awesome. So, and it's not going to end now. It's going to keep going. Okay. So the next one is um, it's called Are You Going to Eat That? by this band called, or this group called Hail Mary Mallon. And it's um, Aesop Rock and Rob Sonic. They came together to release this album. And uh, it's, it's pretty much tongue-in-cheek and shit, but it's like some of the best beats ever. I mean, I don't want to say best beats ever, but just it's very unconventional. It's very different than like what you hear in hip hop, especially even underground stuff. It's more underground. I don't even know. No, it's good to stand out, you know, to, and to be something different, especially if you, whatever period of time that you heard this, you know. Yeah. It's good to hear changes, you know. Yeah. Actually, when I worked at the GameStop at um that one that I worked at, that was assistant manager at. A customer gave me the CDs, like, I think you'll like it. And uh, it pretty much, to me, felt like... So you it, get gifts, and you get to meet the band every time you like something? Jeez. Yeah. Here's a jacket. Yeah. Here's a CD. <laughs> um, Here's cookies. <laughs> they remind me of um, of the Beastie Boys, even though it's only two of them. And uh, just their wordplay and the way they rap together and their uh, their their chemistry was very reminiscent of the BC boys. And that was after I'd gotten into them, uh, you know, fairly heavily. So I, the, the parallel between it was pretty, uh, pretty definite. 
But my favorite song on the album is actually the opening song. It's called Church Pants. And it's just because the beat is fucking just spectacular. Um, last but not least, it was a toss-up between two years, 95 and 96. 95 was White Zombies, Astro Creek 2000. And 96 was uh, Marilyn Manson's Antichrist Superstar. Couldn't really pick. I ended up with Antichrist Superstar. Just one of my all-time favorite CDs ever. Um, my favorite track from it is called Kinderfield. And it's because it's just a weird fucking song. It's just uh, the atmosphere. He had some weird good stuff, though. Like, as strange as... I mean, and I'm probably one of the least people you like you wouldn't think would listen to Marilyn Manson. But like there's some like albums of his that I was just like, man, I was like, you know, I know I understand this guy's just doing it to push buttons. And it's like but like it does like, you know, create at least a thought in your head of like, OK, like, how do you feel about what he's saying? You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, yeah. Was, in that aspect, like I always appreciated like his music and, you know, just from that perspective. It's just that I to a lot. Too. I hear you. Yeah. So, and surprisingly, because so you don't expect three, it to uh, be, but it is. Favorite, which yeah. was that your last album, Joe? Yep. So, <clears throat> with asking for these three personal favorite albums, the stipulation was supposed to be different genres and all choices. Ah. I think those all kind of sounded like, now that I was thinking about listening to Tom's choices and as Joe was going through his choices, I'm like, hey, man, those were all, it sound, sound like they were all the same genre. I uh-huh. don't know. Um, well, you said rap and then it went to rock, so I close right i mean we're still in the same neighborhood i mean right? i'd throw in like public enemy for rap and then i'd throw in like freaking uh i don't know give me another like a pop album i don't know no no, no that, that's cool so no me and chris are we're gonna bring it home here because yeah. I'm, I'm i'm pretty sure that uh chris has got some some different genre based ones and and i did too chris you want to go first you want me to go first uh yeah, I'll, I'll take it away. That's fine. Well, okay. I, I'm sure your choices are probably a little better than mine, so we'll save the best for last. Uh, so, All right, you guys. So. Are you going to, like, shake hands, like, in Predator, <laughs> where you, like, flex your biceps together? No, yours yeah. are better. Oh, no. Yours are going to be way better than mine. <laughs> <laughs> like, so. Shut up already. Damn. <laughs> So, uh, so, so for pop, um, I mean, obviously, I, I'm, since since the topic was Michael Jackson, I intentionally picked someone else. So I went with uh, this. Also came out in '87. It was uh, "Sign of the Times" by Prince. That entire album is super dope. Um, it, he released it shortly after uh, he broke up the revolution, and uh, you know, at that time, a lot of people were questioning if. If he had lost his step because it had been a while since he had reached the peaks of purple rain and and stuff like he that he was gonna make it yeah yeah yeah, okay. yeah so um so that entire song or, or the, the the song itself is great um but the entire album um usually if you look online of like the greatest double albums on vinyl you're most likely going to see sign of the times in there because it, he just covers so much ground within 80 minutes that you know, most cats would give up their left leg to come up with the stuff that he comes up with on that album. So my favorite song is Housequake. Um, it is just, it, that is the kind of song you throw it on now, even though it came out in 87, you throw that on at a party, there are people coming to the dance floor to dance to that song. It is an absolute, like, crazy, crazy uh, song to dance to. 
Um, yeah, that's a, that's a great album. I know we'll touch on it later because it was kind of a um, relevant to the question about MJ and you know where it's going his legacy. <clears throat> but since you mentioned Prince, it man, it, it just crushes me now, especially during the holidays and a commercial come on for like a credit card or something. Capital like One, and all yeah. of a sudden, yeah. yeah, Capital One, and all of a sudden you hear a Prince song in the background. Mm-hmm. You know, party like it's you know whatever, or I can't remember which song it was. It was, uh, no, it was Kiss. No, no, uh, no. Let's go crazy is what. Let's go yeah, crazy. Yeah, yeah, with a credit card. Yep. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, wow. Yeah. Man, and it's it just blows my mind. I'm sure that's not what he ever intended, but no. Anyways, it isn't. <laughs> but yeah. But you know, somebody's got to keep the lights <laughs> on at uh, Paisley Park. Somebody's got to keep the lights yeah, on. Yeah, so. I, I hear you there. But um, right. but yeah. So Housequake is my favorite song from that album. Um, and kind of venturing into psychedelic rock, uh, Magical Mystery Tour by the Beatles. That is my favorite Beatles record. And um, my grandpa is a lifelong Beatles fan. And I remember the first song that I heard was I Am the Walrus. It was written by John Lennon. And um, and if you go back and look at the songs on that album, like you'll be surprised how many of the most popular songs come from that album, like Strawberry Fields Forever, All You Need Is Love, uh, The Fool on the Hill. Um, you know, just all kinds of great songs come from that album. So that's my favorite uh, Beatles record. But uh, my personal favorite song would be The Fool on the Hill uh, by Paul McCartney. That's a, a great, great song. And then for hip hop, uh, I had to go with Life After Death by Notorious B.I.G. All right. Yeah, that's another double album that is just absolutely incredible. Like, there's so many hits on that record. But um, it's so special to me because my mom was in the military. She was in the Navy from 88 to 98. And when that album came out in 96, uh, we were living in Guam at the time, and I was six years old. And you, most people wouldn't expect a six-year-old to know anything about Biggie, Tupac, Bone Thugs, Harmony, etc. But I was that cat. So, um, so my favorite song from that, well, oh, man, it's a toss-up between. Well, it's a three-way tie, actually. Uh, okay. Hypnotize. Yes. More money, more problems, and sky's the limit. I, I like that. It's funny. We just passed episode 112, but they were featured oh, nice. on that yeah. one right there. And, That's right. Uh, and one of the guys, Matt, he had referenced 112. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm sure Tom ran out and downloaded the CD as soon as he got home. Uh, as you oh, yeah. Have. yeah. <laughs> In between hacking my lungs out for the past week. Yeah. Thanks, Mike. Um, <laughs> no, no that was, that, that's good stuff, though. Yeah, so, yeah, man. yeah th- those are my three albums. Yeah, that, that's that's good stuff. I felt it was like my, my head was taking a trip down memory lane with that, and that was a good double album. It, it's unfortunate what happened. I didn't hear any of the uh, the posthumous stuff, you know, the short of it playing through a mix on a radio, or, yeah, you know, randomly. Yeah, but uh, yeah, that sucks. But that was a good, I mean, a good last album. Mm-hmm. So uh, my picks uh, sticking with different genres. The first one I picked was uh, the Fugees, the score. Uh, what an incredible album when that came out, man. That was so popular back then. Yes. Yeah, oh, it man. was. I mean, it's it's <laughs> such an amazing album, but the only album that you can really, you know, talk about with the Fugees, because obviously they broke up and, you know, rumored to get back together for the past 20, 20 years. years yeah. Sounds like, right? Uh, my favorite cut on there was Ready or Not. Yeah. Uh, That's just such a great thing. Lauren's voices, El Boogie, the way she would do it was unlike anything, and the way she rapped was just great. I mean, I, I wish she would have held it together and, and kept doing stuff and, you know, uh, paid her taxes. Uh, yeah, no, paid her taxes. Yeah, yeah. that too. And, you know, yeah. and that took two years to name. You know, anyways, yeah, there. You know, 
it, it was a great album. Every uh, song on there, it's got a quotable. Why Club, mm-hmm. Proz, you know, it, you know, Proz, you could say is the the weakest of the uh, lyricist of the group, but yeah, the three of those guys together, it was just like magic happening. You know, mm-hmm. all of them had great quotables. It was such a great album. Good stuff. I mean, you don't even have to be a big hip hop fan to appreciate musically what that that uh, uh album brought to the table absolutely uh, I, so that was hip oh, go ahead. yeah yeah i was gonna say i bought that album on vinyl a couple years ago and ready or not and zealots are my two favorite songs oh man yeah that's good stuff yeah. desperados yes um, it, it's all stuff i love the even the 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 Wyclef song where he's singing acoustically with his guitar about the the um, the guy asking for money and you know, yeah. get, get a dime and he's like hell no yeah. you can't get shit from me that shit was hilarious it was genius it was. but it, it was it was good stuff yeah yeah I thought you were talking um, about Gone Till November that was on that was Wyclef that was by the, himself that was a yeah. yeah it was Wyclef by himself yeah he's had a lot of hits you know I, I don't know what he's doing anymore. Um, I'm sure he's like making beats or, or producing, but um, mm-hmm. yeah, he definitely had some good hits. Right. Um, I, I have to say, as an honorable mention for hip hop, um, Nas's Illmatic. Yes, absolutely. Um, it, it, it's a classic. I mean, it was 12 cuts, I believe. Yep. Maybe 11, 11, 12. Um, amazing. Came out during the golden years of rap, if you will. Um, so much intelligence and lyricism put into that album. Um, best cut on there was the one with the uh, AZ Life's a Bitch, oh, yeah. horns, the jazz horns, which was his father playing on a great story behind that. You can Google that. Um, uh, incredible song, loved it. And still to this day, it just you know speaks volumes about you know life, everything. You know, a great song. I'm I'm surprised that you didn't pick. Uh, it ain't hard to tell, seeing how it's a Michael Jackson sample from uh, Human Nature. <laughs> It's from I figured it would have been two. Yeah, I figured it would have been two on the nose. Yeah. But yes, I mean the whole album is. Great. Yes, it is. Yeah, something about those horns on that song. Yes, um, I love. Oh, yeah, yeah uh, so move. Go ahead. Yeah, I was gonna say uh, the pr- uh, producer for that, Large Professor, definitely went in his bag for that one for sure. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. So uh, m- my next album was uh, Bob Marley and the Whalers, Legend. Yes, um, classic. classic. You know, this is probably one of the, uh, to me, one of the top three albums of all time. It's, it's just an amazing album. Um, it should be no surprise. One of my kids' name is Legend. Um, my favorite cut on that's uh, Three Little Birds. Mm. Uh, there's a big history with me and my wife. That was like the first album that when I picked her up for our very first date that was playing. I was all nervous. You know, what do I play to impress this girl? Can't play no Wu-Tang. You know, it's too strong. You know, can't play no um, R. Kelly. You know, that might be a little too strong. Yeah. Um, don't know what to play. You know what? Let me go ahead and put in some Marley. If Marley don't set the mood right, then, you know, and Three Little Birds is one of the first ones that we had heard. And it was just, you know, hey, here we are 20 years later and it's still working. So. Great and that was after you said, Anyways. was that on your way to go see Three Kings? Yes, to go see Three Kings. Wow. Yeah, yes, yes, that was our first movie. Somebody yeah, listens hey. when other people talk, yeah. Jay. Look at wow. that. Wow. Touche, touche, good one. Yeah, you caught me off guard there. Yes, Three Kings was our first movie. Good deal, yeah. good deal. Yeah, good stuff. Yeah. Um, if honorable mention, there would be Alicia Keys' songs in A Minor. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. Amazing album. Alicia, love her. You know, things didn't work out with us. You know, it's unfortunate, but, you know, I'm happy where I am now. Uh, but <laughs> yeah. my favorite cut on that album was uh, Rock With You. Yes. Was Alicia you know, Keyless Entry at that point. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Keyless Entry. Keyless Entry. Keyless Entry. <laughs> yes. 
So yeah, th- those are great times in my life. Great albums. I'll still li- I still listen to them to this day. Uh, good stuff. And uh, my my last out. Were you gonna say something? Yeah, I, I, yeah. I was gonna say something real fast. Um, I I believe on a on Alicia's debut album that was the first one of the first times that Prince allowed anyone to cover his music because she did a cover of How How Come You Don't Call Me Anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he was very. And what a cover. What a cover that was. Absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, if Prince gives you permission to cover his music, he respects oh, yeah. the, the, the uh, heck totally. out of you. So, so yeah, hats off to Alicia for sure. Oh, yeah. Uh, totally. Absolutely. Who are you to wave your finger? You must have been out uh, so the last um, album that I picked, you know, different genre, of course, uh, was Tool, 10,000 Days. That shocks uh, me. So... And well, you know, this might shock you too. You know, um, it is possible that there was a period of my time, a period of time in my life, that I may have done a lot of drugs. Only the good ones, of course. No. But um, yeah, I'm only, glad those days ones. are over. <laughs> um, <laughs> yes, I, I'm glad too. Um, but one, this album here, and and actually my honorable mention too, which was uh, 30 Seconds to Mars, uh, Beautiful Lie. Uh, those two albums kind of grounded uh, grounded me, you know, during those times. Um, there's a, a, a lot of uh, depth to both of those albums. Um, I mean, if, if you haven't heard, I mean, with uh, most Tool songs, they can go on what seems like for an eternity. But that, that particular album kind of played like a, an audio movie for me. Um, I was fortunate enough to go to one of the Tool concerts um, in Tampa. Jeez my brother probably about 15 years ago and uh visually i mean as far as a concert is one of the best concerts i went to you know funny you know uh, my three best concerts were uh, dixie chicks karis one and uh tool uh i don't can't say which order yet i would really have to think about that but uh visually it was just an amazing freaking show and the, the, the sounds everything was just awesome it's a deep album and 30 seconds to mars you know is just you know uh, a very grounding type of album good stuff there and uh, I really appreciated it. So help help me through uh, some darker moments. You know, uh, grounded my sanity, if you will. Yeah, great great choices, man. Especially on Thirty Seconds of Mars. Um, I believe on a beautiful lie. My favorite song on there is Battle of One. Love that song. Good stuff. Yeah, they were yes. surprisingly good band. For as much as I was just like Jared Leto, you dingus, what are you doing? <laughs> like, and I was like, oh, okay, yeah, this isn't bad. All right. So yeah, that's it. Those are our albums, and we're gonna move into our last segment really quick. I, I know Joe, you got to wrap it up, so we'll try to master uh, yeah. this quick. So um, I had asked for you guys to pick three songs, three songs that that man when they come on, you, you just you just feel a connection. Whether it's turning it up, singing, dancing, doing whatever, you don't care who's there. You're just gonna let it. Even if someone's having a good conversation with you and you hear it in the background, they're not gonna get your undivided attention. Nope. You hear it, you gotta do it, you gotta sing it, you gotta feel it, something. So uh, three songs, and uh, you will be judged by these songs. <laughs> okay, uh, that makes go sense. Go ahead, Joe, we're gonna, yeah, Joe, we're gonna go ahead and let you go first. <laughs> All right, so um, this one is Torn by Natalie Ambrulia. <laughs> <laughs> I, I know who that is. <laughs> it's just, it's just a great song, and lo and behold, it's a cover from a European band. I don't remember too much about it. I think they were a punk band or some shit, but she covered it or something, whatever. 
but it's just a really good song. It's really catchy. She can sing really well. Um, just as much so as you nice. don't want to admit it, yes, it's one of those songs that everybody likes too. <laughs> like, yeah, of course. If yeah, you're I, I if, if you're on a road trip, it. that is one of the, like that's like how I I base mine too. It's just like if you're on a road trip and these songs come on the radio, no matter what, your car, you turn those up, and you have yeah. your stupid little five minutes or whatever it is to go along your with concert, them. yeah, car concert, and that would oh, yeah. that would are great. That would definitely be torn. Would be way up there. Yep. All right, good. That's good. <laughs> uh, the next one actually came on when I was um, just trying to fool around with my phone because I got a new phone not too long ago, and it has like all these settings in it. So I was just messing around with it before the show, and it's a uh, "Gimme, Gimme, Gimme a Man" uh, by ABBA. <laughs> <laughs> wow! Can you all tell right. me the title again? Tell me the title again, yeah. please. <laughs> Gimme, gimme, gimme a man <laughs> after midnight. <laughs> I wasn't too sure that's what you said. I no, no, I feel like it did, but it's just, it's so good. Um, and Madonna ended up sampling the uh, the Western um, hook from it. And it's just, it's a fucking catchy song. It's really good. And they can sing so well. Um, yes, music, you know, musically, I, it's I fun. What? What's I was gonna say I don't think that it, I don't think anyone can not like at least one ABBA song. For sure, you know? for sure. If not more than one, I, I, you know I get it. You know, and uh, probably when you hear them, it's probably with something hokey. But you know, deep down inside, you're like, yeah, I feel it. I feel you. <laughs> Dancing Queen comes on, and <laughs> oh yeah, everybody, everybody goes. Everybody knows nuts. that song. Yeah, everybody goes nuts. Oh, it's fine. It's true. I mean, they made right. two movies about them. Um, the last one, I think this is going to be a kicker for everyone, considering how heavy (laughs) and blah, 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 uh, Thunder Rolls by Garth Brooks. Hey, that's a great, that's a great country song. Yeah, it is. And it's, it like lyrically, it's super deep. It's dark musically. You know, he did such a good job writing the music to match the lyrics where it wasn't just like dreary, depressing, you know, it's, it's not like country is today. It was definitely the music matched the story and it worked so fucking well. And it's got that big chorus that, you, you know, it was almost a rock and roll chorus. Yes. The whole song is almost rock and roll in a sense, but it was just like, just a really well done song. Awesome. Great choice, man. Great choice. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> That's good stuff there. Sure. All right, Tom. All right. Knock out uh, my first one is – and this is like – I hate to admit this, but I, I can't help it. Pink, so what? <laughs> If that song comes on and you're in my car, well, I am blasting I, I like that. her. I like, like her I love lot. Pink. Yeah. I think she's yeah. I like her style. Like there isn't, there is not really a time that I've heard anything by Pink where I'm just like, you know what? That's not catchy in its own right. Like you know whatever. And she's fun to look at. Like you know, it makes perfect sense to me. But that song, like. I, I don't know why. Like, it's just one of those songs That's that... That's funny. Do you I, turn it up? Do you sing oh, every single word? Dude, I have been busted at so many stoplights in this town <laughs> that I will, I am totally one of those people that if something comes on... Like, my second pick, and I know it's, you know, part of the thing, but ABC by Jackson 5. Hey. I, I, like, I am dancing in my car along to it. I can't help it. 
Like I am one of those people that like it's it's my own little concert. When I'm in my car driving to work, those are like sometimes that's the best thirty minutes of my day. Amen. Like to that, that. that that drive Chris, what are we gonna, when you're going to say about stuff, Pink? Awesome. Yeah, I was gonna, oh, I, I was going to say I think what gets Tom is the na 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 na. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's that's the start hook. A fight. That's the <laughs> hook that gets him, man. Yeah, and I love the chorus. Like that's just yeah. one of those songs. And <laughs> Holla Batgirl is another one. Oh, jeez. Oh, my. Dude, I don't care, like, how many times. Like, Chris Rock did that funny skit about that where he's, like, the only acceptable time to, like, call, like, I won't even say it on our on the air, but obviously yeah. it's, like, a slang, a slang term for a gay male. Right. And they're, like, and he's at the light, and he's, like, light. I'm sitting there in my car, and I'm dancing. He's, like, I love me some Gwen Stefani. Ain't no holla back, girl. Like, you can't help it. <laughs> that song comes up. You can't, if you can honestly sit there in my car alongside me and not sing along to the shit is bananas. Yeah. And then and ass. I mean, come on. It's awesome. You got to love that. I don't know. that song. I was not expecting you to pull that out of your bag, Tom. Yeah. You know, I mean, it is one of those, like, there are certain songs like Lady Gaga, a lot of her songs, same thing. If that comes out of my car, I don't even know yep. the lyrics half the time, but you can't help it. Like they're catchy you just songs. Feel it. Very true. Yep. I gotcha. Was that your third one? Yep. Those were that was like okay. four or five of them. <laughs> <laughs> I just rattled them off. Okay. So the three that I picked, uh the first one, man, anytime this comes on, man, it's just a good time. I think you could play it at almost any special occasion and it should get people moving and i just love it especially in the car concerts uh lionel richie's all night long wow and when that comes on man it's just it it's good stuff man it's got all the subliminals in it you know i remember when it came out too when i first saw that i mean the video was kind of crazy homies just walking in the street and guys are coming up to him doing splits and you're dancing around him and stuff like that you know it was he was out to have a good time you know he's gonna let you know and and the, you know the, the the break in the middle I- I don't know what he was saying. I've probably said it a million different ways. I just know there was a party and we were going to go jumbo, 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 yai, whatever he was saying. It's just such, such a good stuff, man. Such a All good long, stuff. Such a it good is. Stuff. It's such a good song. And there's so much good stuff in there. I love it, man. Mm-hmm. Good, good time. Good time. Love that song. Um, so my second song would be, uh, everyone should know this song. If you don't, man, I don't know. Um, Eddie Grant, Electric Avenue. Yes. That's great. Man, when that song comes on and that guitar hits, you, you gotta, I'm sorry, I'm not gonna pay attention to you. I'm not gonna talk. I, I, just, I feel it, you know? Out in the streets, there's violence, you know, the stuff that he's talking about. And then. Um, Jason, you know, if you're ending... coming to GameStop with me on Friday, I'm turning this all into a pray- <laughs> into a playlist. Just hey. so you know. <laughs> yeah, please do. We'll, we'll, li- we'll live stream from my car. Of the <laughs> yeah, I mean, I remember when it came out. The video was dope when it came out. I remember seeing it when I was young. You know, the dude watching TV, and there's this part that he falls into his floor, but it's like it's all water. Um, you know, visually, it was just 
killer back then, but the song just stuck with you. But I've always wanted throughout the years, and even now, you know, he's going, let's get down to Electric Avenue. Then I'm going to take you higher. What the hell is higher than Electric Avenue? I mean, that's one of those, you know, musical questions that Rainbow Road we'll probably never know. Rainbow Road, yeah, Mario Kart Rainbow Road, maybe. <laughs> hey, maybe there you go. Yeah, that's the I mean, logical I don't answer. Know. Right. Should have just called stuff. me. Love I could have answered one. that for you. That was simple. <laughs> Jason, wow. anytime you wonder about anything and you want to know, you can just ask me. It's okay. Okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. 50% chance you're right. Gotcha. So in my last song, of course, loved it. You know, I'm, I'm sure you guys all know it. And it's been played a gazillion times. Uh, it's Twisted Sister. We're not going to take it. Mm, good song. Oh, yeah. Great wow. CD. And yeah. Yeah, it, it was good stuff. Uh, loved it. You know, the video was freaking hilarious. You know, uh, it's funny when that first came out, you know, and of course, they're, look, they're pushing buttons and, you know, the crazy hair and the makeup and all sorts of stuff. Mm-hmm. But, you know, fast forward 20, 30 years later when, you know, D. Snyder and his family had the show and stuff like that, and you got to see, like, the real D. And, you know, it was all theatrics and stuff like that with what he was doing. And it just kind of, you know, it makes all of it... Uh, uh, the fun in the song and, and everything. You get your kids oh, all man. dancing oh, yeah, in the it's car good time with you. With the kids with the car. <laughs> unfortunately, right now it's all Disney soundtracks, but you know, oh, not unfortunately, fortunately, you know, it's good time in the car. So you got to learn to adapt. So anyway, so Chris, yeah, let's hear yours. All right, buckle up, boys. Um, <laughs> so uh, my first song came out in 1968. It is "Tiptoe Through the Tulips" by Tiny Tim. Oh man. The, um, for for those who don't know it, if you've seen Insidious, it's the song that plays whenever like the Red Demon shows up in the movie. Um, yeah. See, I was thinking "Tiptoe Through the Tulips" Looney Tunes because I know somebody had sung it in the Looney Tunes. Oh uh, yeah, Insidious is one of those movies that yeah, I'm I'm not even trying to. My son, my older son, he likes that type of stuff. You don't, but no. you don't do horror. No, I do, uh, but something about that. Some of the the those like the Grudge. Mm-hmm and um you know some of the variants of the ring and some of, the, some of that stuff I, i'm just not in a rush to see chucky <laughs> not in a rush to... chucky's different you know? yeah you don't watch that either though so it's the same <laughs> no it's a different type of horror that's a totally different type of horror that's true yeah, that's, that's the, true. the more psychological anyways yeah so yeah ahead. so um so that song uh anyone that's familiar with tiny tim like obviously he cannot sing for anything like he's bob bob dylan terrible like that's how bad hey now no 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 (laughs) there is bob dylan terrible bob dylan's uh, he's on his death rattle now but he was good back in the day his voice is absolute trash man his voice is (laughs) oh his his voice is ashy out here in these musical streets okay oh come on but when it comes to songwriting he's an absolute genius i will give him that I like his voice, but I'm also an idiot, so that doesn't help. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but yeah, Tiny Tim, like if you if you uh, go back on YouTube and look at when he, I want to say he was on Johnny Carson show and and in places like that, the the crowd didn't know like really had to take to him because like he's this massive guy and, and he has like this high pitched voice. But there's something about that song is so daggum catchy and it's that psychedelic pop you know, 60s stuff. And I'm just a sucker for that. Um, probably due to my uh, love for Paul McCartney. Like that's what it reminds me of, you know, Paul McCartney during those years. Uh, uh, song number two, two, Any Man of Mine by Shania Twain. 
<laughs> I, I can get behind that, man. Thank you. Thank you. What? You, could, Wait, you, what? you wanted the, what was, what was the, your song? Give me, give me, give me, give me, man. Man. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> man, you guys are going to have fun on your way to the sh- Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll have fun on our way to Shy Day. We'll play both there those songs on the way there. Yes. Um, yes. But yeah, so uh, the, the funny thing was, what, again, my mom was in the Navy uh, and around the time that song came out and she was overseas in the Mediterranean and I was living with my aunt and uncle in Charleston. And that album, that the whole album was a huge hit. But uh, but fast forward to maybe 2012, 2013, I went to a local Hibbit Sports and I was you know just shopping for some basketball stuff. And um, the song comes on and I start singing along with it and people look at me like I was from Mars because they're not expecting, you know, this biracial guy, you know, to be like, what does this guy know about country music? But I knew every word and my I sang every part of it. Like I owned that song that day. Were you like so. the Walmart kid? Almost kind of. Well, no, no, no. I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I didn't. I didn't go quite country like him, but I, I like. I, I kind of kept it restrained, but I was singing along with Shania. Like Shania is great. That's that's, and that's the one country artist I have on my phone. Like I love me some Shania Twain. Um, and then uh, song number three is "When Worlds Collide" by Power Man Five Thousand. Yeah, ah, dude, I used yes. to love that song too. That's a good song. Yeah, yeah. My first introduction to that was on Tony Hawk Pro Skater Two. NHL hits yep. 2002. Yes, it was on there as well. And when that song comes on, the head banger in me comes out, and I am not ashamed of it. Isn't that wasn't that also um, featured like on WWE for a while too? I want to say yeah, it was either on um, here. It was probably on Here Comes the Pain or, or maybe one of the SmackDown games before that. Yeah, yeah, um, it was probably on those. Back Tony Hawk, man, I love those. Get Tony Hawk one and two. Yes, yes. Yeah. So yeah, Tony Hawk Pro Skater two is when I was introduced to that song, and I was like, God, I freaking love this song. So, so yeah, that brings out the head headbanger in me. So there you go. Man, a lot of diversity there. Country came out three times. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's good stuff. Tom's a fruitcake. Right. It's great. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Hey, Sinead O'Connor, nothing compares to you. <laughs> Yo, yeah, yeah, Sinead, Sinead O'Connor. All right, so we're about to go to break, and uh, Joe, I know that you got to get going. I, I greatly appreciate you joining us. Thank you, Joe. Um, thank, thank you, guys. Of course, yeah. as always. Yeah, yeah, and and there's there's not much uh, there's not uh, short of a couple edits that are going to happen in the cast, you know, for a time. This will go out really quick. It won't be before next uh, MJ's anniversary. <laughs> so uh, you got you got you got your final show coming up, right? Yeah, um, next weekend. Next weekend, and that's where? That's in Jekyll Island, Georgia, which is about an hour and 10 minutes from me. It's about an hour and 10 minutes from Savannah, south of Savannah, yeah. north of me in Jacksonville. Awesome. Yeah, so coming up next weekend, Project Pixel. And uh, before we let you go, i got to ask you, and we'll think about this on the break. Yeah. I know it's a tough question, but we got to know, Joe, <laughs> in, in your opinion, what is the better album, Thriller or Bad? It, it yeah, man, that is difficult. Um, I mean, I would say if one song could totally carry an album, personally, it would be Thriller, just because Vincent Price and everything. Video, you know, we talked about it on the uh, the Pixel, uh, the Pixel. Yes, we did. Her. 
Yeah. Um, while we while we had power and Micah didn't. Yes, I remember. Right. Yes. Yeah. Um, he was growing was... his Ebola virus to bring down here. <laughs> I would say, but as a whole album, uh, I think Bad is the uh, the winner on that one. Mm. Okay. All right. All right. You swerved us there. Wow. Yeah. I thought that you were cementing in your answer. Oh, and you're like, oh. <laughs> okay. Twist ending. So you think there's the one, if there's, so I basically summarize that as you think Thriller, the song Thriller is absolutely freaking amazing. Great. Not saying that the album's bad, but as far as a better put together album and something, if you had to buy only one, you'd pick bad. Yeah. I mean, it's hard to say growing up with Thriller. Just, I'm sorry to say too. You I'm know, sorry to nah, say nah, too. Nah, you're spot Joe, on, bro. Joe, I'm with you. But Joe, I mean, it's just, you know, like I said, having Vincent Price and just like, uh, Jesus Christ, the, the way Thriller is written and everything, just even that being a closing track, um, you know, how badass MJ looks on the cover of Thriller, but he looks so fucking cool on the cover of Bad. And his fucking <laughs> leather jacket with the spikes on it. He's like, and it had Wesley Snipes and his gang, too. That's right. That's right. Yeah. You, you don't ever lose with Blade on your side, okay? Ooh. There you go. <laughs> we'll, 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 we'll talk about uh, Blade and Bad on the flip side. Okay, <laughs> interesting point of view. Uh, surprising. I, I guess I'm the lone thriller right here. Um, so it sounds like we got three bads going That on. was my nickname but, in high uh, school. <laughs> the lone thriller. <laughs> the lone thriller. <laughs> oh, with that, we're definitely going to cut to break. <laughs> Joe, thanks for being on, man. Thanks, I Joe. appreciate it. Thanks, guys. I appreciate it. It was a really great talk show. So. Yeah, man. Pre- appreciate, awesome. appreciate you joining in, man. Thank you. We'll talk to you soon, Joe. Yep. Okay? See ya. And, and Chris, Tom, we'll take a quick break. Tom, hang up. I'll call you back and maybe we can get the picture, okay? All right. So we're back from break. And in the last segment, we ended it with the uh, big question of the evening, you know, relating to music is what's the better album? Michael Jackson's Thriller or Bad? Mm-hmm. Chris, before we go ahead and, and, I mean, clearly, Joe is bad. Chris, you're bad. Tom, surprisingly, I heard you say. Bad. Just before we, yeah, you're bad as well. Yep. I'm surprised that I'm the lone person here uh, with this argument. Mm-hmm. But before we get into that, why don't you drop some uh, history, some facts some mj knowledge for us please sure sure uh as it relates to both albums or, or with me personally one after the other i'd like to hear what the, what these albums have done in comparison sure and then i and i know you got a good mj story because you were brought i mean you said you were born in what year i was born in you 90 didn't say yeah 90 yeah so yeah i mean there's a good chunk of mj that was already come and gone absolutely you know yeah so it would be interesting to hear where it originated for you but yeah let's hit the mj facts. sure uh so uh with thriller came out uh november 30th 1982 um nine songs on the album uh and at this point as of last year according to chartmasters.com it has sold over 66 million copies worldwide and um, there was a recent story, and, and this was falsely reported by Rolling Stone magazine, where um, the headline of the article was they were saying that the Eagles' greatest hits album had surpassed Thriller. I did see that. And it was technically correct. Where, where, where Rolling Stone dropped the ball is that they were looking at American album sales, not worldwide. 
So, uh, okay. Yeah. So at this point, so here in a couple of years, you'll probably see a surge uh, of, of thriller come back up to where it snatches the top spot in America. But as of worldwide, nothing has even come close to touching it. Um, so, uh, so for thriller, uh, seven top 10 singles on the billboard charts, two of those were number one. And then of course at the, uh, 84 Grammy awards, he won, he won a total of eight Grammy awards, but one of those was for the ET storybook and won, won a Grammy for that. But thriller itself won seven Grammy awards. And that's the most, uh, awards that an artist has ever won in a single night. Um, I don't think there's any music based thing that MJ probably didn't win. Best female hmm. artist. Uh, except for what? What? <laughs> Best female Best artist. Female he hasn't won that. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Nowadays, well, who yeah. knows? Right. Yeah. <laughs> but um. But yeah. Uh. Practically, like, even into his later years, when a lot of people felt that he fell off, I mean, almost everything that he touched did turn to gold. Like he just had that. He had that quality to him. Um. And then uh, to kind of finish up with Thriller, uh, three iconic music videos billy jean came out january of 83 beat it came out shortly after in february of 83 and then thriller itself did not come out until december of 83 I was and then uh and then thriller has two library of congress inductions um one for the album and then one for the music video so, so that's that's the tale of the tape on thriller Makes sense. Yeah. Do you see he's in the news actually uh, these days over? I don't know if you guys have or pay attention much, but uh, the Sega Genesis collection. Yeah. It just came out on PS4 and uh, and Xbox, and it's coming out on Switch actually uh, next Friday. Mm-hmm. Does okay. not it, it does not include Sonic the Hedgehog three. It doesn't. Why does it? Why does it not include Sonic the Hedgehog three? You ask, Jason. Why? Why? Please tell me. Apparently, Michael Jackson's estate uh, didn't allow Sonic 3 to be included. Mm-hmm. Is, is the hot rumor because MJ I, I did the it. music in Sonic 3. Yes, he did. Yep. Yes, he yeah. did. If you if you go back and listen to Carnival Night Zone and then listen that to Jam. One? Yeah, yeah. The dun, 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 yep. dun. And yeah. later on in that song, you hear dun, 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 dun. that came from Jam, which was on the Dangerous album, and it came out two years prior to that. Yep. And then so um, he did a bunch of the, I got he did a bunch of songs on there, didn't he? But yes, he didn't he, get credited for him. Correct. Um, yeah. uh, Knuckles theme song, whenever he comes out, is that don't taco don't 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 go down. Like yep. that was taken from Blood on the Dance Floor, and that came out later. Uh, in 97, but he recorded that in 1990. And then the uh, the song in the end credits for Sonic 3 was taken from Stranger in Moscow, which he recorded in 93, and then it appeared on History in 1995. I did not know yeah, that. Man. Wow, fun fact, fun game fact there. Oh, yeah. I thought you'd appreciate that one. Yeah, I do. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah so- Sonic 3 and Knuckles is my favorite Sonic game of all time. And, and-, and that was PlayStation. Uh, which no, Genesis? I mean, which which is Genesis? Yeah, yeah. Sega Genesis. Yeah. No, correct. Yeah. No, you said that this just re-released. Yeah, there's a one. collection that just came out. In this classic, in the Sega Classic, yeah, is that what you're it's talking like about? Yeah, like fifty Sega okay. Genesis games. 
Gotcha, uh, gotcha. I thought you were talking about like a game compilation that just came out. Yeah, like, that's you know, what it is. Released those things. It is. Yeah. So it's on disc. You four PlayStation and Xbox. And yeah. yeah, and Switch next Friday. Okay. Yeah. Versus one of those retro systems. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, not, yeah. This is like official okay. by Sega. Gotcha. Thing coming out. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Okay. No, I did not know that. Mm-hmm. So it's so, yeah, Taylor it, tape it, on bad. Yeah, yeah, the teletape on Bad uh, came out uh, August 31st, 1987, two years after, or, or not two years, but two days after his 29th birthday. It uh, debuted at number one, stayed, at, uh, stayed on, on the uh, Billboard album charts and stayed there for six weeks. Oh, and, and forgive me for not missing this uh, for Thriller, um, it maintained the number one spot for 37 weeks. Wow. Yeah, That's crazy but, to think about nowadays, like something is. being able to hang on for that long. That's right. Yeah, as much as we consume music and move on to the next thing, like Thriller, yeah. Thriller stayed on at at number one on the album charts for thirty seven weeks. So that that's roughly nine months. That like that's just insane that yeah. it could do that. Nicki um, Minaj can't even open at number one. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. But um, but yeah, with Bad, um, debuted at number one, stayed at number one for six weeks, uh, was the first album to ever have five consecutive number one hit singles. Uh, and it took 25 years for another artist to match that. It was uh, Katy Perry and her Teenage Dream album in 2012. Oh, wow. I was going to yeah. think Mariah Carey. Yeah, yeah. You, that was going to be my guess. Yeah, and honestly, like, knowing that that, you know, Katy Perry of all people, I'm like, okay, anyway. Yeah. So, so yeah, as far as uh, Bad goes, um, as of last year, according to the same source, uh, Chartmasters, um, Bad has sold over 34 million copies worldwide. Uh, out of the 11 songs on the album, Michael wrote nine. Um, that, that was a huge step for him, because if you go back and look at Off the Wall and Thriller, uh, on Off the Wall, Michael had written three songs on the album, and then for Thriller, he only wrote four. So this was a significant step up for him. Uh, to, to really show that um, that he was his own artist because the biggest criticism for him at the time was, okay, well, you're only as good as you are because you have Quincy Jones in your corner. Mm-hmm. Um, so Michael really took it upon himself to like show like, hey, like as much as I love and respect Quincy Jones as a producer, father figure, et cetera, like I'm, I know that I'm a once in a lifetime talent and, and here it is, this is how I'm going to show you. And then uh, let's see what else. Uh, so this album was also, uh, he, he headlined his first solo tour behind Bad. Because around the time that Thriller came out is when he decided to uh, go, on, go in concert with his brothers for the Victory Tour. His family uh, kind of bullied him into doing the Victory Tour. Like he, he didn't want to do it from, from the word jump, but, um, but he did it because his mom asked him to. And... Uh, which is why it took so long for uh, for them to ever perform live ever again. Um, it wasn't until 2001, like a couple of days before 9-11, that was, that was that huge 30th anniversary special is when you saw Michael and his brothers again for the first time. <clears throat> Look, my take on it is, while I can admit that Bad is a massive... I mean, it's, it, for him to have written nine songs, there was what, 11 or 12? 11. 11 talking songs. about this. Okay. Yeah. So I know that there was a few more, and then there was like a re release that gave you, I think, like two extra songs or something like Correct. that. Correct. Yes. But the, you know, the uh, original run for him to write nine of those, and especially later, and with the, you know, the context he just gave with him and Quincy, and, you know, how much 
creative help he had with Thriller mm-hmm. as an artist, sure, bad it was a, you know hugely significant, yep. a, a great album in those respects. Mm-hmm. Um, I first when we talked about doing this i pulled up the playlist and i looked at them and i feel like both of these albums have songs that are totally forgetful Um, yeah you could easily throw a couple songs on either album away to like narrow it down to an even type of album and when you compare those two playlists i feel like for me personally jay thriller is got so many more rememberable track and not memorable tracks or more moving tracks more um, stand the test of time type of tracks uh yes with bad you've got some more some songs that are much more meaningful and and with lyrical content or emotional um uh, sentiments and stuff like that i mean i think in thriller what, what, what's the song he's talking about being in a vegetable uh, um, want to be starting something yeah want to be starting something i mean it, not really the most uh, uh the biggest stretch of lyrical content right there <laughs> But, um, man, what a great song. Yeah. Um, and uh, Thriller, yeah, of course, it came out during a great time in my life. But uh, those videos, the dancing, to me, that was like Mike at his prime. He, everything that he did was, you know, uh, you had to stop and, and pay attention to. Everything just popped so much more. Um, the, the, the songs had more soul, if you will, more a little bit more funk to it. Um, See, really, I think bad's it, more diverse than. Yes. Well, I mean, from from a, from a, I guess from a lyrical content, I mean, there's obviously some great songs on there. Um, I'm trying to pull up the playlist right here because I don't remember them like the back of my hand, like I'm sure Chris does. Yeah, I was about to say I can read them off to you if you need. Uh, yeah. Remember the time? No, it was remember times on that. Right? No, remember the time was no, dangerous. Remember, that was way later. Dangerous. Yeah. Go ahead. Give me. Give me the. Yeah. So the so for thriller, um, you have want to be starting something, baby be mine, the girl is mine, thriller, beat it, Billy Jean, human nature, PYT, the lady in my life. Gotcha. So I would throw out lady of my life, um, and like two up towards the top, um. And then what about bad? Uh, bad, you have bad, the way you make me feel, speed demon, uh, librarian girl, J- just good friends. That that to me is really the only throwaway. Just good friends with him and Stevie Wonder, and I'll explain why later in the conversation. Okay. Uh, another part of me, uh, man in the mirror, I just can't stop loving you, dirty Diana, smooth criminal, leave me alone. See, that's such a strong ending. If you can, it is. if you can take out, I just can't stop loving you. Like that is such that those last four tracks are would are so perfect. Like, and they're so different too. They're all completely different songs, you know. They, they are. And uh, J- Jason, to your earlier comment, if we ne- if I needed to drop out two in order to make it an even nine, I would take away Just Good Friends and Speed Demon, even though I love Speed Demon, love it um i just can't stop loving you that that's usually one that people are like yeah i really don't care for it it's a sleeper um, on that one yeah, yeah I, I would agree it, it is a sleeper like there, there's some folks <laughs> that absolutely love it and then folks are just like eh, you know it's okay you know it, it's an it's a nice ballad but um but that was the first single off of bad and uh it went to number one and uh the the interesting story about that is um the woman that's singing with him, uh, Saida Garrett, she also co-wrote uh, Man in the Mirror. 
But the way she ended up on I Just Can't Stop Loving You is because Michael had, Michael and Quincy were reaching out to other like powerhouse vocalists. So there was a time that uh, Whitney Houston was considered, Barbara Streisand, Aretha Franklin, all three of them. Oh, uh, all three of them. Not for Diana Wayne. Ross. <laughs> no, not Diana Ross. <laughs> There's but, a song uh, about her on that album. Yeah, well, and and we'll we'll get to that. We'll get to that. Um, but yeah, so all three of those powerhouse vocalists were considered, and and as a last minute effort, um, and this is on the Bad Twenty Five documentary that came out a couple years ago that uh, Spike Lee did, and um, Saeed is just in the studio. She's knitting or whatever, and Quincy says, "Hey, hey, hey, Sid, you like this song?" She says, "Yeah." He's like, "You think you can sing it?" And she says, "Yeah." So. Um, he has her go into the the booth to like set up the uh, the the sheet music or whatever, just so Michael can get ready because he's on his way to the studio. And as she as the sheet music comes down, like th- they had someone print it and then put it on the stand so the two singers can sing it. And Saida saw Michael Saida, Michael Saida on the paper, and she's like, "Oh crap! I'm about to sing with Michael Jackson, and I'm just now finding out about it." So. Mountain. Yeah, so for them to do what they did no on that No pressure song, there, right? Yeah, no kidding, right? You know, and at that time, she was relatively unknown. Like, she had done some work with the brand new heavies um, before she hooked up with Quincy uh, in the late 80s. So, um, so yeah, so so that song, I can see how it can be a sleeper for, for folks, but I, I appreciate that song for what it is. Okay, um, before we uh, get any further, sure. I forget. So what's the thing about the um, Stevie song yeah so uh so just good friends um i think if it was any other artist doing that song it would be a hit but because it's michael and stevie and you look at the other songs on this album it inevitably is the least interesting one and also uh on off the wall there's a song called i can't help it and that was written by stevie wonder um michael sang it quincy produced it but but uh Stevie wrote it. And that to me is the the best collaboration that they've ever done. So for me as a hardcore fan, I'm like, okay, I've heard I can't help it. Is it going to be on that same level? And to me, it's not. So I'm, I'm willing to to drop it off the list. And and all the folks on Bad 25, um, you know, the folks that helped make the album, they were like, yeah, you know, just good friends. Like we could have left that one off, you know, as, even though Michael and Stevie are all time great artists, but you know, it just wasn't that good. That was like his stuff with uh, Freddie Mercury. Like everybody was expecting that to be like yeah, the they were expecting coming. yeah yeah they were and expecting it wasn't something like shock yeah 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 didn't happen. He had a, he, how many different collab like on those albums? Like he didn't have that many like duets or anything like that, right? No, no. Uh, Thriller, the only one. <laughs> well, so technically two. Thriller, he had the girl is mine with Paul McCartney, and then Eddie Van Halen on Beat It to do the guitar solo he and janet did uh did scream and janet also did background vocals on pyt um and then as far as other collaborations uh michael collaborated with uh slash on the dangerous album uh yep. for uh, forgiven to me uh and then also uh the the, uh, the there's some guitar bits on black or white where slash is playing as well um and then uh later on for the history album he collaborated with notorious big um yeah. Shaquille O'Neal of all people. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um and then uh Boys to Men as well. Uh the title track history has uh Boys to Men on the background vocals. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I'd say probably from bad my least 
favorite song, mm-hmm. um, and I know I'll probably catch some heat for this, but is uh, "Man in the Mirror." Damn. Uh, yeah, just it was not. Hey, um, wow. Yeah, I, I I get the message and stuff like that, but um, you know that came out what in '87. Yep. Um, yeah. I yeah I don't know. It, it's sure maybe as the years as I've gotten older and you know how his story. Um, unfolded mm. it just uh it does not weigh the same mm-hmm. and then of course when it came out it probably was you know on the uh, radio or the airwaves every freaking five minutes i'm saying so to me it was oversaturated and it killed it and mm. it just seemed if anything somewhat hypocritical of some things that were happening i guess around mr jackson mr jackson at the time so okay. i don't know it just it really didn't resonate with me that's fair um, that's fair um i can understand how people can turn man in the mirror into a joke saying that okay well you know if he's gonna take a look at himself and make a change like he literally did it like that's the joke because of his plastic surgery and whatnot but uh but the message of the song uh to me is it's it's such a great message because whether you're eight years old or 88 years old, um, we all understand that there's a lot of evil crap that goes on. And, you know, the main hook in the chorus is if you want to make the world a better place, take a look at yourself and make a change. You know, so that to me is like, OK, yeah, I could take that message and apply it to my life and be the change that I want to see in the world. So. No, I, yeah, I agree. I mean, the message for it, I, I totally get it. Just I don't know. Yeah. This doesn't make you dance in your car. It does not. It's not part of. It's not, <laughs> not be part, part of, of your playlist to Smash Jason Brothers. Dancing. Okay. Hey, no. <laughs> you leave Smash Brothers alone. No, he's definitely throwing this on after Electric Avenue. Let, let's be real. <laughs> yeah, yep. yeah. There we go. <laughs> uh, it goes without saying, "Smooth Criminal" is probably the the coolest song, at least for me, on on this album. Yeah, it's amazing. The dancing, the the the. The video itself is just killer. Um, of course, if you ever were lucky enough to play uh, the uh, the uh, Walker video game, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, the arcade one, not the Genesis one. Yes, the arcade Thank one you. was way better. Much better. Yeah, I mean, there's just so much cool stuff about Smooth Criminal. It's just awesome. But aside from that one, my uh, favorite track would have been the way that you make me feel. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just such a catchy uh, song, and just you know, it was good stuff. You know, good choice. It, it, all of his videos obviously were um, pretty interesting to say the least, but that one was just a, a cool video, fun, yep. good stuff. Mm-hmm. I, I liked it. Cool. I'm the All Dirty right, so, Diana fan. Yeah. That's yeah, so my what's the story with that. Dirty Diana? I mean, it, it was obviously a big twist with the way that one sounded and stuff like that, but then he sounded like he was coming with some heat. So what's the story on that Yeah, one? so the story is um, Dirty Diana is just about, you know, groupies, you know, just trying to capitalize on, you know, trying trying to shack up with a with a celebrity um and the rumor mill was running rampant at this time uh you know they're, they're what you know like hey is michael talking about diana ross or is he talking about princess diana like who is he talking about because he, he went out on it he took her to the amas or something right wasn't that it like she was his diana ross was his date to some award show yes yes uh yeah a couple years prior to uh dirty diana coming out so a lot of people were like yo like did something happen but it had nothing to do with either one of them. And um, and uh, let's see. So for Bad 25, uh, when it celebrated its 25th anniversary in 2012, um, there was a, a, a concert DVD that was released with the box set. And um, uh, he was in Wembley. This was in 1988. 
And uh, he was going to take Dirty Diana off the off the set list because he didn't want to offend uh, Princess Diana because he was aware of what the rumors were and that kind of thing. And before he went out on stage, Princess Diana came back and was talking to him. And she goes up to him and she says, Michael, are you going to do Dirty Diana? He's like, no, I, I took it out of the show out of respect for you. She's like, no, I love that song. Please do it. Yeah, and, see, right there, she was propositioning him. You're going to yeah. do Dirty Diana. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, I so love yeah. that song, Michael. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so there's a common misconception that people thought it was about Diana Ross or, or Princess Diana. But, yeah, that was just a rumor mill going crazy. But, 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 but yeah, Tom, I'm with you. Like, that is such a excuse my everything my about that is badass yeah it it's is so thank you dope. yeah um and then uh the weekend would go on to cover that song uh back in 2013 or 14 mm-hmm. which one dirty diana i, didn't uh, I haven't heard yeah. you do that one yeah it's it's funny that you say that because i i've i don't remember what it was the first song that the weekend came out with but the way that it sounded i totally envisioned that that he would have been like that's what mj would have sounded like if he had have taken a, a certain tone to his, yes. you know, uh, uh, music, if you will. Because, yeah. you know, he obviously, uh, Weekend is, is a little bit more explicit with some of the details of what he wants to do. Yes, he is. But um, mm-hmm. there was something about the way that uh, that video hit and he was singing and dancing and stuff like that. I was like, this this is freaking Billie Jean right here. Mm-hmm. This, I bet you if you dubbed the, the Weekend's music into Billie Jean, it would sync with it perfect. It, it probably would. And, um, and The Weekend is uh is unapologetic about michael's influence on him and uh he's also a huge fan of the bad album which is why he covered dirty diana um so yeah so yeah that's definitely a huge song for him and um uh what what i appreciate about dirty diana is it's a hybrid of two thriller songs for me so lyrically it has the paranoia of billy jean and then musically it's it's a it's a grittier tougher rock of beat it so it's kind of like you have a hybrid of beat it and billy jean on dirty diana i can see that yeah makes sense okay mm-hmm. well let's talk about bad versus beat it really quick okay so maybe that's one of the reasons why i lean towards thriller more and, and i felt like this growing up and seeing the videos and then of course going into this cast i had to rewatch a lot of these um songs that we're talking about just to kind of see you know how i felt about them now and and everything mm-hmm. and this sentiment's always remained the same is that when beat it came out that video the way it sounded and then the way the video was um it had so much more of a rugged edge to yes. it um the guitar uh it was just cool you know of course the, um the, the fight, if you want to call it a fight, yeah. you know, where they're dancing and they're tied up with switchblades. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, that jacket. You know, what was that? 80, was that 86? Yeah, the jackets yeah. were cool. It had the guy, uh, freaking Torres from uh, New York Undercover on there dancing around. Um, <laughs> uh, I can't remember what his name is, but um, you know who I'm talking about. Yeah, right? yeah. I, I've seen it, but yeah. I'm drawing a blank on it at the moment. Yeah, yeah I don't anyways. know what he's from, but I know who you're talking about. Yeah. <clears throat> so, um, you know, seeing that, then fast forward to the bad one while it did have wesley snipes in it and his mm. little crew and stuff like that and that that uh, opening intro i don't know where michael was coming from from college or or what he was home for for christmas break or something yeah. and wesley and the crew went and hit the town mm-hmm. hung out um, in a parking garage <laughs> yeah hung out in a parking garage you know the, the, 
the bum that flashed his gun on him. Yeah. That's such a weird moment. I mean, nothing was said. They just walked up to him and flashed the gun, and they're like, let's get out of here. Oh, okay. And then how much, you know, uh, uh, Michael overreacted with, I guess, how uh, Wesley was breaking his balls about that whole thing. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I mean, obviously great dancing, you know, great numbers and stuff like that. But comparing that to Beat It, man, Bad just seemed like it was trying to be like a to me, like a, I hate to say, because I mean it's still a good song and it's a good album and everything, but it seemed like a cheap copy to beat it. You know, mm. it was almost trying to imitate the same thing that was going on. I hated the way the guys sprung out of the freaking shadows and you know they were all you know uh, uh, hair sprayed up and makeup up and you know it was just so <laughs> it was so theatrically you know uh, Broadwayish the way that it hit versus beat it. It had just that rugged vibe. I mean, mm. you had all these people. You know, uh, walking in the alleys and people are getting up. You knew some. It had that warriors vibe. Too, yeah, that's I, what I was gonna say. Warriors, just a little bit more cooler. Yeah, yeah. And then the guy that was bouncing around with the space. Yeah, and stuff yeah. Like that, breaks, when they're getting yeah. ready to. Yeah, yeah. man, it was good stuff. So, um, and then you know, bad when it ended. Of course, I, I felt like even Wesley just looked at him and was like, "All right, okay, all right, you win. I'm done." <laughs> and then Wesley left and was never seen again. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Bad to me with it being the bad album that was just a. a, a it didn't do it for me. That's fair. That's fair. Um, I'll agree with you that uh, if we're going song for song, I do believe that Beat It is better than Bad, even though both of them were number one hits. Uh, however, uh, there is a there is a, a some context as to why Michael did the Bad short film the way that he did. Um, in 1985, there was a kid named Edmund Perry in New York that was gunned down by an undercover policeman. Uh, because his friends had bribed him into robbing somebody. And whenever he went to go rob this guy, that's when he found out that he was a plainclothes cop and he was gunned down uh, in, 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 front of, in front of everybody. So Michael had read that story and um, he was so moved by it because of the different stereotypes that exist within the black community is that in order to be quote unquote really black or down with the brothers, like you got to you, you have to, you know, sag your pants. You have to speak with Ebonics. And, you know, there's just a lot of negative stereotypes that come with being black. So what I appreciate about the bad short film is that Michael's trying to take a positive spin out of it and say, you know, being black doesn't necessarily have to mean this. Like you can you can talk the way you want to talk. You can move the way you want to move. You can think the way you want to think and still be a positive contribution to society. So, but, but like you said, it's like, is it more theatrical than beat it? Absolutely. Like it's intended to do that. Like he was pulling uh, inspiration from West side story for bad and beat it. Um, but yeah, but uh, the story I, I can really appreciate. And then of course, Martin Scorsese does a, a great job directing uh, bad as well. Um, Cause it, it felt like um, uh, it felt like, yeah, it, it felt like classic Scorsese when you look at what he did, you know, as far as um, Taxi Driver and stuff like that. It had that grit to it um, as far as looks go. But but yeah, I'll agree with you. If we're going to go song for song, I'll, I'll choose Beat It every day. See, I would go bad. I just, I don't know. Wow. I just like the song better. I, like I said, I, that song to me is just a better, like, I I find myself like. But would you choose, which one would you choose though? Bad? bad? I'd choose or bad weird, over No, bad? Bad or Weird Al's? I'm. Thinking. Oh gosh, I was. Wait, wait, wait. You first said, "Hey, I want to talk about you beating it." For a second, I roll. thought you were going to go down the Weird Al route immediately. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Leave it to Jason on, to bring you, up Weird you, Al. Yeah. 
Yeah. Why? How could you not? I mean, he. I'm obviously, you know, a parody everything that he does. But yeah. come on, his songs are in very freaking clever, ingenious in some things. You know, yeah. he had to have get clearance to put a lot of this stuff out. Yeah, he has to. He did. He did. Oh, he um, almost killed him. <laughs> you. <laughs> you spoke on the Coolio business many episodes again with yeah. that. Um, you know, Weird Al's entertaining. He's actually coming what to St. Pete in January. I think it is. Really? Yeah. Huh. Um, yeah. yeah, he's a funny dude. Yeah, file yeah, yeah. that under concerts. Yeah. None of us will go to, but okay. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you wouldn't go to a Weird Al concert if you if somebody bought my tickets or if they were like super cheap. Yeah, yeah. Okay. No, I Probably. bet you they're real. I have no idea what they are, but I bet you they're expensive. Oh yeah, I'm sure. Any of us would be willing to pay. Yeah, yeah exactly. <clears throat> but uh, but yeah, Jason, uh, to your earlier comment, um, Michael got a kick out of Weird Al's parodies, so he was like, yeah. G- eat it fat like have at it man i think it's hilarious and um it, it's fun, funny that we're talking about weird al because in the librarian girl music video weird al yankovic makes an appearance so so yeah uh michael was he was a fan of weird al for sure um, were you able to uh pick a like what you think is the absolute best single michael jackson performance yes i did um which is what uh it's got to be a live, non-lip-syncing, non-lip-syncing uh, performance. Yeah, yeah. For me, it was um, Man in the Mirror at Wembley Stadium in 1988. Um, and the reason why I picked that is because if you take away, you know, the dance moves, the, the, the fireworks, the whole spectacle, and you just leave that man on stage, he has the voice, he has the, the energy, the charisma to keep you keep you engaged throughout the whole thing. And, you know, man, the mirror is just him kind of going in preacher mode almost, you know? Um, and yeah, just the raw energy that he has and like, he really believes in, in what he's singing about. Um, and that song uh, kind of carry, it has a life of its own beyond the stage. Um, Cause uh, he actually set a Guinness world record of being the most charitable pop star ever, you know? So he really took the words to heart and, you know, really wanted to make a difference. So he donated millions upon millions of dollars to different organizations. So, so, so that, that's my pick. Gotcha. Okay. Well, it's a good one. Would you, would you guys pick? I don't know if Tom actually would have picked one. I mean, me personally, if, um, I can remember any single MJ performances being awesome was when that freaking moonwalk, when the moonwalk was debuted, you know, Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, there was some hype that was being uh, built to this. He was going to unveil this new dance move. It's going to shock the world. And um, I remember staying up and watching that. It was probably like 8 o'clock. It was right after dinner or something like that. Mm-hmm. And, and watched that whole thing in anticipation for him to do it. And when he did it, it was the most amazing move ever. I mean, it, I still... I. I I think I did an okay moonwalk, you know, but I couldn't cover <laughs> distance, you know, I just couldn't glide. I could do more of the sideways one really cool. Uh-huh. Maybe you were circle, a but the way move, that he did like it. Death Star walk. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, he did some of his moves, you know, are, are unimitatable. You can get close, you know, but uh, the way that he did it was at the time was just absolutely amazing. Um, and that to me was a very memorable, memorable performance. Um, the Super Bowl one for me is the. I mean, but that was mostly probably lip synced. The Super Bowl yeah, one was, was amazing. Yeah. Though. Lip synced one. And, it was a hell of a show, but yeah. it was. And I do have a bit of a spoiler alert for Motown Twenty Five on your pick, Jason. That was actually lip synced. The original one. The, yeah. The very first yeah, time. Yeah. The first time he ever yeah, walked, it, it was yeah. lip synced. Yeah. 
Okay. So, because so, that that was gonna be my go-to is like, of course, Motown twenty-five, and then I went back and watched it, and I was like, oh, this is actually lip sync. This isn't him singing live, you know. Like he's doing the performance live, obviously, but but the, him yeah. singing, like that, that's the studio track being played over. All right. So, uh, you know, in closing, we'll wrap these questions up together. Sure. You know, how, how's MJ going to be remembered? You know, will his personal life overshadow his musical contributions? Um, you know, what's happening currently in terms to his music and as, in terms of his legacy? You know, I had said earlier that, you know, I had heard Prince's music for a credit card. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm hearing MJ's music for, you know, bank cards or credit cards. And then uh, depressingly, one of my most favorite um, MJ songs was uh, the um, one with his brothers, which unfortunately is an Amazon commercial right oh, now. Oh, can you uh, feel it? Yeah, yeah, man, where the packages are talking to you mm-hmm. and stuff like that, or smiling, the kids trying to go to sleep, and they start whispering, can you feel yeah. it? Um, yeah, that to me, it was like, I mean, yes, it's used well, I guess. Um, nothing sacred anymore. Not, hey, nothing, nothing at all. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was a little, so, you know, what's going to happen? And, you know, we're all grown folks right here. You know, there's a lot of nasty stuff that was associated with uh, MJ, mm-hmm. especially in, you know, the closing years, you know, of uh, him and, you know, the kids and, you know, a lot of uh, stuff that we can just say is alleged. Yeah. It's nothing was, def- he, he wasn't a, official like a Cosby. Yeah. You know, this is yeah. a lot of stuff that never. Oh my God. Imagine my... if he was alive today. Mm. All the crap. Like, oh man. Uh, out. Yeah. I mean, it's a different, a completely different time as to when, you know, just before he passed away yeah. or even when he did to now, um, you know, a lot of the stuff I'm sure would be, you know, they're attacking everything these days. Yeah. So it wouldn't be surprised. They attacked in, in Rudolph the, the other night. I know. Yeah, Rudolph like, isn't sacred anymore. Guys. Shut up guys. Yes. Yeah. I, I, I'm more, um, taken back <laughs> by, and I like a lot of that old, you know, animation and stuff like grew up on that frosty and bombable snowman and stuff like yep. that. But you know, some of the stuff looked weird, but I never got any of that stuff. But yeah, now that people are pointing out, it's just like, come on. Right. Um, yeah. We just grew up like, <laughs> thinking that was normal. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. He's got a red yeah. nose. Well, the other, on. well, the other one was the, um, peanuts the yeah yeah the charlie brown thanksgiving one. charlie yeah where they have everyone like on one side except for the one uh kid franklin what's his name uh, franklin yep. yeah and he's sitting by himself in a lawn chair and i never thought anything of it i'm just like hey he's got a cool chair you know yeah he's got the whole i i wish i could have the i like i love to try to sit on the end of the table so i've got no one next to me and i got elbow right right like, i never thought anything of it but now people are making things of it so anyways so with mj so Needless to say, there was a whole bunch of stuff there. Um, so how's it going to be remembered? Is his music, is he going to remember for his music or, or for the controversy? Are people going to even care about this in 50 years? What's your guys' take? Um, I, I'll let you guys go uh, since I, I feel like I've done a lot of talking in the last 20 minutes. So I'll let y'all go. Uh, I think it'll, I think it'll be definitely like, and I think it's already happening. Like, I think that eventually like the kid stuff's going to go away. Like his music is going to carry on. Like, it, no matter what, like the music is still good. Like I'm not, I'm not condoning or again, like we don't have any hard evidence that he did any of this stuff. So for all we know, it could be completely right that these kids, cause the majority of the kids that claim this stuff, weren't they like from some other country or it was like some other, you know, it was some other like weird kind of thing or, you know, like people go after celebrities. It's just, how it is like you know and and i want to be the t- i want to be the type of person that can sit here and say i'm mature enough to just appreciate the music and to look at the artist and kind of what he did there's always going to be that there. cloud 
Yeah. yeah, but then yes, and the cloud turns around, comes to me being a parent. Da da da. What yeah. do I want him to listen to? You know, and then you know, do I let him find certain things out on their own? You know, and obviously my you know, my older kid knows tons of that. I remember for his high school, he did this big thriller thing out on the the Saint Armand Circle. They shut down the whole circle, and then I remember the that. high school, they do the whole thriller dance yeah. zombies. The whole Saint Armand Circle is full of them. It's nice, stuff. nice. Um, but he he did that, so you know he he knows it, appreciate it. But he, I don't think any of these questions ever came up. So no less my other two kids and um, Ledge just recently watched Thriller for the first time. Mm-hmm. Um, he um, didn't appreciate the the the, uh, the scary spots. Yeah, yeah, the you know, werewolf stuff. He said that yeah. the the dancing was really cool and made it funny and likable. Cool. But I don't think those conversations would ever come up. But then again, I'm as much as I push music on my kids or in this house is a part of our life I, I i don't think i would push a lot of mj stuff anymore because i would view it as being hypocritical or i don't know weird stuff payoffs led to this alleged that mm-hmm. and that's maybe why i like thriller so much because to me it was a simpler mic um yeah maybe simpler songs in a way but uh, you know those are i think the, those songs those track lists right there um you don't remember any of it it's just kind of like yep thriller zombies dancing shoulder jerk whatever mm-hmm. um billy jean you know the video I, every time i walk on a freaking sidewalk i'm hoping hoping the lights up, up. <laughs> yeah you know um <laughs> do enough drugs come man, on they will. <laughs> well you know those are my 20s you know yeah. get that slipknot album going or, or no, tool man. album oh man <laughs> All right, so uh, so I'm I'm glad I let you guys go first, um, just because I feel I feel like because of all all the research I've done over the years, I can kind of go over a lot of people's heads. But um, so I guess the simplest way that I can answer this question is, um, I believe that his his music, his music videos, all of that will take top priority over um, the negative stuff that came up in his life. Um, for me. The, the only things that I really had a problem with uh, with him were the plastic surgery and, you know, him dangling his kids over the balcony. You know, like, I, I don't think he was intentionally trying to put his kids in danger, but he just didn't think that one through. And now, was that one armchair or blanket? What was blanket. It? Blanket. 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 You know, yeah. is, did Mike finally start doing different drugs or something? But that was a weird moment. Yeah, he um, yeah, he he he's definitely not without fault. Like he's done some very questionable things. However, I, I'm probably going to be in the mi- minority when I say this is that I don't think he was guilty in '93 or 2005. Um, and the reasons for that were um, in '93 there was a tape that came out of uh, the the kid's name was Jordan Chandler, and um, his father Evan Chandler wanted to uh break into hollywood like he wanted to be involved in movies and things like that and if you go back and look at um uh, the credits for robin hood men men in tights you'll see evan chandler's name there and the reason why it is is that michael did reach out to some hollywood execs and said hey you know can, can you give this guy a production credit you know he's just trying to you know get his name into hollywood that kind of thing so Evan Chandler then asked for another favor to try to get in in Hollywood. And Michael's just like, okay, I really don't want to do that. I mean, you know, I enjoyed, you know, you know, whenever your son and, and other kids come over, you know, to, you know, hang out at Neverland and be on the rides and all that stuff, you know, with other parents there, like, that's fine. But I don't want to do any more favors. So 
there was a tape that came out shortly after that um, where Evan Chandler says, I'm going to make Michael's life a living hell. I'm going to say that he molested my kid and, and all this other stuff. Um, and it wasn't until shortly after Michael had passed that Evan Chandler committed suicide because Jordan Chandler um, confessed to lying about Michael ever touching him at all. You know, he, he had confessed that, yeah, my dad put me up to it. So. Oh, wow. Okay, so um, I can't say that I know. I mean, I've I've heard these names, but I can't say I know all of the details that you just laid yeah. out. And so I, I would be a, a jerk to sit here and say, "Oh, that's wrong." Blah blah blah. More of a jerk, it, if anything, would be yeah, more of a jerk than I already. <laughs> am. Um, but um, okay, I give you that. But was there not legitimate payoffs from Jackson's camp towards accusers of what he did? Maybe not the Chandler guy, but you know, documented legitimate payoffs to throw these cases out for it not to go further. Did those not exist? Yes, they did. And the reason why they did is that his legal team made the recommendation that hey, the best thing to do to, to just you know make put this issue to bed is just pay this off because Michael wanted to fight every last one of those cases because he knew that he had nothing to hide. But his legal team said, hey, this is the best thing for you because this could go on for seven, eight years. If we try to fight this off and then you'll get nothing done and all your business goals that you want to reach and, and the money that you want to make with your music, you know, you're going to you're going to hurt yourself doing that. Personally, I think that he should have fought those cases, because like you said, is that now it's going to plant that seed of doubt that, OK, I paid you off. And now yeah. the, the 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 perception is going to be I paid you off because I want to shut you up. Man, things haven't changed much it's in this Island country, Michigan. have they? Yeah. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Changed, yeah. Unfortunately. Sure. And then in 2005, the the second set of allegations came up, and um, you you can call it conspiracy theory. Uh, some, some folks may. Um, this goes back to him owning the Beatles catalog. Um, Sony wanted ownership of that catalog. Michael wasn't wanting to give it up because of how valuable it was. Like we're talking, you know over 500 million dollars worth of so let's push another scandal and force him into court so he needs a lot of money and then he'll sell us that shit back. correct that is exactly what happened and and that that's actually why he ended up doing the this is it tour which ended up ultimately killing him is that he was in so much debt by that time and and he would go on these extravagant shopping sprees and buy all this stuff and put himself in so much debt you max out many many credit cards over the years and the only way that he could start paying that back is he had to go on tour because he didn't want to give up the catalog no matter what because you know once he gave that up that was it you know so and that did did and where is that catalog is it done I mean is it still the the estate ended up acquiring it after Michael had passed and then as of last year they sold it to Sony so Sony ended up winning wow because and and. and Again, this is this could be a whole podcast as far as publishing rights and stuff like that. Paul McCartney put Michael onto that to where um, if you own a song and someone covers it, you get paid the bulk of whatever gets sold. So, so let's say that you know someone covers uh, "Kiss" by Prince. You know, let's and if you own that song, you get seventy percent of however many hits that that song gets. As like far the as I Am Sam soundtrack, the, that all being Beatles songs. Yes. So Paul McCartney yeah. made buku money off that because those are yeah. all Beatles covers. Yeah. And that was going back to around that time that Paul was trying to bid to get it back and he couldn't. Correct. Sony. Yeah. 
Gotcha. Correct. So yeah, music publishing is like that is music real estate. Like you can make crazy, crazy money off of that and not have to do anything with it. If you ha- if you own those songs, you, you're you're set for life basically. You just sit around and print money. Yeah, you can sit around and print money. Yeah. So, but but like I said, is that Sony went in ownership of that, and they knew that okay, well we we saw what happened with the child molestation allegations in the '90s. We know if this comes up a second time, surely he's going to get put behind bars. And then there wasn't enough conclusive evidence to show that he did anything, so he didn't get charged for it. So that's why I say I don't think he did either of those. But I can understand how people would question because of his behavior and saying that you know he he identifies with kids because he didn't have a childhood, this, that, and the third. So I, I get it. And then, like you said earlier, Jason, you know, if if he's paying you know people off, you know. It, is he doing that as an admission of guilt? I totally get why people get would jump to that conclusion. Yeah, because that means that you're not listening to the man in the mirror. You're not making the change. <laughs> you're not trying to make this world a better place. True story. Yeah. So, so, so that's my take. Like I said, I may be in the minority when it comes to that, but I know some other folks that um, that share that same opinion. So, yeah, it is what it is. Yeah, a much uglier version of it, as I'm sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, again, I, you know, I'd like to say that I'm, uh, I can be bigger and separate, you know, the, the two and any way that you look at it, I mean, the man just created some amazing music mm-hmm. and what he did for dance and, you know, the industry as a whole. Mm-hmm. Um, it's something that, you know, how many artists or how many musicians dream of, you know, and we'll never even get close to passes he's had. So, yeah. You know, yeah, I can appreciate. It. I mean, I get where you guys are coming from. It's, good. it's got some good stuff in there. You know, both of them do. I, if I had to choose one, though, a definitive answer, I still, I still uh, load up Thriller on a playlist. Yeah, and and there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. Um, yeah. I think. Yes, there is, Jay. You're wrong. In this day and age, there can only be one right person. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, I know so many people that like. I mean. The easy answer is that it's the it's the biggest selling album of, of all time, so it should automatically win in some folks' mm-hmm. eyes. But then, when you start breaking down the songs, you know, "Want to Be Starting Something," "Thriller," "Beat It," "Billy Jean," "Human Nature," "Pyt," like those six songs right there are enough to smash anybody, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. But then, no yeah, to what, me, we're the winners because we get both of them. We don't have to choose. Yeah. <laughs> You're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. Um, but yeah, uh, I totally don't, I, I don't blame you at all. Like the, that album was set up at the right time. Like the stars aligned at the right time for him to release that album. So, um, yeah, so yeah, I don't blame you at all. Like that, that's, if I had to jump into an argument and talk about Michael Jackson, I would be like, yo, he did thriller. You know, y'all can't touch that, you know? So. <laughs> We could not make it through a cast without an MC Hammer reference. Oh, sorry. <laughs> no, 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 that's fine. The I pants weren't enough. The list. It's now. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> now it's official. Yeah. Uh, scrolling through the list, his name popped up so many different times. And But anyways. Yeah. Well, I, I greatly appreciate you guys being on. I think we're going to go ahead and wrap this up. We covered a lot of ground. Did, yeah. You know, uh, from our middle school days, to high school, 20s, and a lot of stuff in between. Uh, mm-hmm. Some things I totally expected guns and roses i was surprised van halen didn't come up and uh no van halen's uh, i was kind of low on the list well they're not like low on the list but they're not yeah no i know you know i assumed a couple things and i got different answers Mm -hmm. and chris always very informative i appreciate the knowledge and stuff that you bring to the table and and in a sense educating some of those uh 
parts of MJ I didn't know about. Yeah, man. Yeah, I feel that I will much, be Chris. watching. Yeah, yeah. Thank yeah, y'all. Right. Like I said, I know that um, I, I can say too much uh, at one time. So I hopefully what I said, you know, made perfect sense just because it's very easy to get wrapped up, you know, wrapped around the axle and that kind of stuff. But um, but yeah, I really enjoy having these kind of conversations with folks that, you know, that just appreciate good music. Awesome. Well, thank you again for coming on. Hopefully we'll do another one soon. Coming up, we'll come up with a great topic or somebody that we can argue about and uh, Absolutely. turn into something entertaining. Yeah. So th- thanks again, Chris. We'll, we'll be talking with you soon. I should have this out in a couple days. I'll let you know. Okay? All right. <laughs> All right, Chris. Good talking with you. We'll, th- we'll see you soon. Okay? All right. Thanks, Jason. Thanks, Tom. Appreciate y'all. All right. See you, Chris. All right. Bye. Two left. All right. We are done. That was what? such a hard cast to do because none of us knew the other songs that the other people were talking about. Like between me, what, I, like with Joe, like everything he said was a song that I knew none nothing, of us uh, anything I knew about. Nothing of what Joe had until the songs that he liked to sing out loud. Yeah. which, you know, he said a couple there. I knew those, and then I knew I know who Slipknot is, but I yeah. couldn't. I don't know what song he was talking about. This first Slipknot song I can say that I've played myself repeatedly was one that they did on the WWE um, soundtrack. They had one on there, and I think it turned out on a video game too. I don't um, even know what the hell it's called. I don't remember something either. Probably with blood or Satan or probably. Or something. I don't know. It's so dark. You sure you're not from the DC universe? Oh, did you see Sabrina got the second season approved? Yeah, and they cast somebody in it, which um, I didn't see the casting from- news. Buffy or um, Angel or something, one of those guys. Mm. But uh, good, but they need to finish it. It's funny that you bring up Sabrina, maybe, uh, and I'm sure I'll mention it to Heather, but me and Renee just uh, uh, started watching, I don't know why, the original Sabrina, just to see how it compared. Uh huh. I watched two episodes. Did you ever see that? Yeah. With Melissa Joan Hart? No, I've never seen I knew it existed, but I never watched an episode. I've seen a couple of episodes of it. It's like PG bullshit. Yeah, but man, so Netflix went zero to a hundred. Yeah, the cat talks. Big time. Yeah, but I'm talking about as far as the Satanism and stuff like that. Like, talk about a... He never (laughs) would think that this is what the show evolved to. Yeah, it's totally Um, different. Totally. Awesome, man. All right, then. Uh, We'll talk with you soon. All right, buddy. All right, see ya. Care, see ya.